Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And it is unfortunately that time of year where the rounds get short, the football becomes pretty puss, but it is exciting that it is origin time, Brock. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, uh, I want to see this game first. I want to see game one, see how this side goes. But yeah, it sucks the NRL. Takes a bit of a hit this time of the year, but uh, I guess it's something we've got to live with until we find a better solution, I suppose. Well, I don't know about everybody else out there, but I get angry when the four games comes back. I feel like I've got nothing to do and I'm being cheated every week. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess it also turns our attention to the other competitions a little bit as well because they get some more airtime. The New South Wales Cup or the ISP and, and the 20s, I guess, we, we sort of pay a little bit more attention to that because those games tend to fill in the slots where the NRL normally would be. Well, even that, I'll commentate the Cup every week. That goes through a massive period of four games a week as well. They okay. start having all the buyers and short rounds, so there will be something on TV, but I'll miss commentating the next few weeks, which makes it even harder. Mm. I just want to be around the football, mate, and they're taking it away from me. What are they doing? I don't know. I don't like yeah, it. I don't, I don't like it either. It's a it's a cruddy part of the year, but it's the best three games of the year. So. Exactly. But you know the sad thing again. What you're saying? If I get a game like I will this weekend, it's supposed to be Mounties versus Wyong. So the Roosters got to heap in. They're going to all have to take the Wyong players to go play first grade. So what should be a top of the table clash like you said, one that I'd enjoy, mm. and a team that's only lost one game, they're probably going to get hammered now. Yeah, it sucks or the, they sucks may the not guts get out hammered, of those comps. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that should be, you know, two top sides that are loaded, and uh, yeah. Wyong's probably going to lose four or five players. Yeah, it's a bit of a flowing effect, isn't it? Mm. So, uh, unfortunately, what would have been a really good game. But moving on to what we always do, uh, obviously everybody out there, Origin is the big flavour. The two teams were selected, but we will start with our set of six, six questions. Tackle one is contract issues. Obviously, we had the Moses thing. It's a little bit different to the situation we had last week. The situation we've had last week, two players in particular, Cody Walker, who has basically ordered, give me a pay rise now or I don't want to be here. I'm not taking my option and he's going to try and find a way out. He signed on last year for about 200 grand. He had an incentive if he played rep football that took it to 260 and the next year activated an extra 100. So about 360. So for a late bloomer, he's pushing and I understand that. But at the same time, if your manager signs the deal, if you sign the deal, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Um, they've obviously seen all these guys getting paid, and the other one was Nathan Ross. Nathan Ross, 28-year-old winger, great bloke, outstanding football player, but uh, whether he did it through the right channels first and then unleashed it in public, no offence, but no first-grade club's bowing to a 28-year-old winger that wants more money. No, um, I think they've both done it the wrong way is probably the fair point. And for me, from a coaching I always look from a coaching and recruitment perspective because that's you know my forte now. I don't, I don't think as a player anymore. I th- more think coach recruitment 
you, you nailed it on the head in that you signed the contract. You signed that contract, so you honour that contract. Now, if you go to the club and say, look, I know I've signed this contract, however, I feel that I'm, my performances are justifying a pay rise mm-hmm. and your manager is good enough and you have, uh, I guess, the relationships with the important people at the clubs enough to have that conversation and get yourself a pay rise, good luck. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they hold clubs to ransom in this manner, I, I don't agree with it. I think no. it just, it, it, again, opens up to, they should be allowed to trade players. It's We're a little bit behind the times in terms of contracts. I think everything needs a big overhaul. We need a trade period. We need a draft. We need to really have a look at the way we're managing contracts because they, they stand for zero. Yeah. And they stand for zero. Do I think Nathan Ross is worth more than probably what he's on? Yeah, he probably is, and his form's justifying it. But when you sign but then your again, deal... when you play poorly, you're going to give money back. Exactly. But when you sign your deal in that vein of form, obviously you're not predicting what you're going to be doing now. So you can't all of a sudden get cold feet six months later and start saying, well, look how good I'm playing. I need to get paid. Your manager and you should have pushed for more in the first place. And again... Like you said, I'm doing the same thing now when I look at it. I don't think like a player anymore. He's a 28-year-old uh, winger. He can play fullback. He can play a bit of centre. But if you want to pigeonhole him, he's How a 28-year-old winger. Oh, they're talking maybe just over 100, maybe 150. And there's a, there's guys in cup, so they're probably talking about poorly, poorly. Others that have moved over, they're on more money than him. But there's also a difference in potential, position, age. and oh, I think we both agree. They, they both... Based on their performance, 100%, they should it? be on more money. But, but you just signed a deal. Correct. So I, why I feel bad for you, mm. that's just the way it is. And so go through the right channels. Don't put it out in the media because it's stupid. And yeah. especially on social media, idiots. And Cody Walker's... Cody one. Walker's too aggressive. You, yeah. We're really aggressive. Like what... And what... He, potentially, if I'm south, I just say to him, look, mate, you, you can play cup to the end of next year. Yeah. They could do that to him. Well, what's triggered him was they went and apparently said, look, if there's anything in there, you know, he's a fullback half. It's two important positions. You've got all these guys getting paid seven, 800000 He's a late bloomer. He's looking to get some money. He's been pretty much their best player this year, besides Burgess and maybe yeah. Crichton now. So he's gone and go, look, him and his manager, we want a bigger cut of the pie if there's anything there, if, if possible. As soon as this gag idea has happened where they've come in now and he's coming across and getting 700, 750, mm. they've just flown off the handle and gone, what the bloody hell's going on here? Like, mm. we're covering here, we're playing the halves, we're doing all this work, and all of a sudden you're picking up a bloke from another club close to $700,000. Like, you know, show the love. Um, I do, a new, do know of some mates that were at other clubs or bits and pieces that have got upgrades before a deal or maybe got an extra 50 or something like that and then signed a longer-term deal that no one that's walked in first six months, first year of a new deal trying yep. to collect money. There's a big difference between that and being the last year of your deal. So from that perspective, uh, I don't blame the clubs for going, well, you're literally just starting a brand new contract. Yep. We have incentives in there. There is room for growth, but we didn't project this. You didn't project this. That's the deal we had last year. So unfortunately, um, you know, that's how it is That's how it is right now. Different to what we're saying about James Maloney. The other, James Maloney's got the runs on the boards. He's a rep player. He's won grand finals. I'm not saying he's holding the club to ransom, but he's done it the right way. But I don't think he is because I haven't heard anything about it really. But he's Only done, in the, the little joke he had with the media when yeah, Cronk got but signed that's, or that's, whatever. Or they said Cronk was coming. If you're going to do it, do it behind closed doors like him and his manager have. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek comment there. But if you want to talk about the reputation and This is where, again, I don't think the managers mean a lot. Like the managers... Nathan Ross obviously hasn't had a conversation with his manager, and neither has Cody Walker. They both acted on their own, oh, I think uh, they... their own laurels because no manager would have advised them to do what they did. Either of them, 
that wouldn't surprise me to be honest. Some, well, of, some of the managers aren't far too sharp. Okay, they're quite well, aggressive. So they, they need to employ a new manager then. I, mm. that, that's the first word of advice I'd have to both those players because they've been poorly advised. Well, this is no different. When we went back to the Semi Rad Rara deal, twelve months in that way back when his manager took like a three or four year deal worth two hundred a year, mm. and all of a sudden he exploded and they wanted big money and he was going to go to France and he was leaving. He was going here, there, and everywhere. Don't sign the deal. <clears throat> yeah. Um, if you're projecting his talent to turn out that way, push for more money in the first place or put more incentives or targets well, in there I, to trigger things. I think the conversation has to be with the players went before you sign a deal. Are you comfortable getting paid this amount if potentially your form took off mm. and you could demand more money elsewhere? That's a conversation surely the managers have and say, look, you know, it's not elite money, but it's it's okay money. It's first grade money. Once you, and you know, look at Cody Walker two years ago. He was he was playing reserve grade. He was playing Q Cup. So, and now obviously he's developed into a good player. South provided him that opportunity. So there's a little bit each way here for mine. But yeah. it's the job of the manager to have that conversation and say, look, you know, you can take one year at this, and then next year if you're playing well, exactly. you can take. That's the risk you got to take. But that's also the responsibility of the manager the player to understand that when they put pen to paper, you're locked into those conditions. So yeah. for me, I think it's it's not a non-story, obviously, because we're talking about it and it is relevant. But Well, I think it links to the Moses thing because all this stuff kind of Silly. happens after we see a push. And I know his is a little bit different. It wasn't so much a pay rise. It was a complete bailout. But I think it's just an abuse of players in contracts again. What do they actually mean? Yeah. Um, so disappointing. But moving on, number two, beanies for brain cancer round. Just want to say um, I think that was outstanding. The way everyone handled themselves, all the players, the Mark Hughes Foundation, how Brett Kamali went on League Life last week, I have no idea how. Um, I think you said the same thing. You almost teared up. I could barely watch it. Paul White on there as well speaking. But uh, in particular, Brett Kamali, I, I can't believe it, how strong he is. Yeah, I just feeling for him. Like he, but it was great. That yeah. was great. Like I've got a hundred times more respect for him, and not that I didn't have respect for him to start with. I respected him obviously as uh, he was a sensational player and a tough player and played well above his weight and was he was he's an elite player in our game. Yeah, you know he he played state of origin and won competitions, played for Australia. In an era with Andrew Johns, Brad Fittler, all those guys, so he put Andrew as a Johns player, at hooker a couple of yeah, times. So. as a player. Unquestionable, but as a person and what he did, like I now respect him. If I respected him a hundred percent, I now respect him a thousand percent. Because, yeah, to do, to do that and to 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 be comfortable enough to to act like that yep. on TV and have everyone watching it, uh, I think it was very unselfish in that he put brain cancer, his wife, his situation ahead of his own personal feelings, and he's clearly not over it. Yeah. And it's obviously going to take him a lot of time Still to get over Still very it. raw. Great round. They raised an over absolute bucket bucket load of money. To everyone that bought a beanie, well done. I would have bought a beanie if I went to a game. We just, Penrith didn't have a game out here and uh, there was a few things going on this weekend. But I do plan on buying a beanie because if I'm at training, I'd rather have one of those on me noggin than, than a Nike or an Adidas one. I'd rather put the money into that. But So I'm going to buy one online, I think, for Kaizen. We've got Kaizen kicked off, so that's getting pretty cold down there at Nepean Rugby Park. So. Yep. Whacked that on my head, but well done. Well done to all involved. Uh, it does prove that we can do a lot of things right in the game. I know, you know, we have to talk about the things that the game doesn't do well, but they certainly did beanies for brain kits around very, very well. Yeah, and every team was outstanding. Mark Hughes, uh, great work. The NRL, Foxtel, Channel well, are you 9. Gonna, are you going to mention Dean Blore? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Probably the big one for me that stands out, though, and another rap, a uh, young bloke that we used to both have something to do with, you more so than me, Dean Blore. He's the under-20s captain. For the Penrith Panthers, obviously the 20s didn't do it, but again, just showing the power and the decency of some of the young blokes out there and the way they think. He got in contact. 
contact the Mark Hughes and say, we also want the beanies. The 20s aren't doing it. We want them. Yeah. He bought 17 off his own bat. He gave them to all the players, and they also did that as well, the Penrith 20s. So. Yeah, well done, Dino. Um, outstanding by him. He's turned into a fantastic young man. He's an outstanding player well, we as well. we had him when he was nine. Nine through to, what, 14s, 13s, 14s. So yeah. we've had a long relationship with some of those boys in that age group that are now playing 20s. Makes us old. But that but was well done. just yeah. another highlight for that. But yeah, Brennies for bone cancer. Everybody out there, there's a backlog of months and months and months, they said now. Yeah. They've ordered another 30,000, so brilliant work by everybody out there. Order another 100,000 and they'd sell them. Oh, next year, I reckon, if they do it again, it'll go nuts. But yeah. uh, tackle three, one that you sent through to me, Milford, Bennett, and Walters, the kind of little saga here. Bennett's basically put the gun to the head saying, if he's not starting or he's not in the team, you're not having him. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see it from the club perspective because they're going... To play the New Zealand Warriors this weekend, they're losing a significant amount of players, but I don't see the difference if he is named in the 17 or not because Jonathan Thurston is still the 18th man, and if he does play, what was the difference? I don't get it. He's called his bluff. He said, name him in the side, otherwise he's not going. So he goes, all right, I'll name him at sixth place. You just drop out. Yeah, exactly. That's well, what I, I don't know. get. It's, so... a stupid, it's a stupid thing to say and a stupid threat to make from Bennett. Like, I think he's ultra-intelligent, but I... Do think he's not becoming senile? Like he's he's not losing his marbles. That's just petty. It's yeah, it's becoming a little bit like a, it's it's a little bit selfish. The mentality is selfish. Like he, Wayne is a rep coach. He's an international coach. Mm. All those players that came over from England missed a game in the Super League to cool. play for England to travel over here. It's the same. It's the same principle. Milford so he's now that. asking. He's now expecting a different standard for a player leaving his club side when he's on the other side of the fence. I don't, I don't get it. Look, I get, I get the element where he says, "Look, if he's not going to play, then don't, yeah, don't pick him." We're I, going I, get, to New I get that. I get that. So, if I'm Kevin Walters, I'm saying, "Righto, what you can do, we'll bring him into camp when you need when you're flying out to Brisbane. Take him. He can play, and bring him back to camp. He may not play. Thurston is seventy percent. He's thirty percent chance to play. Wayne." I think the conversation has gone the other way. I, I think Wayne Bennett really has blown Queensland's cover on this because now Kevin Walters basically said last night he's preparing to play, which means Thurston isn't going to play. Well, you'd like I to think, think so. I, I, I think, personally. Well, I'm with you because let's put it this way. Everyone goes, they're playing mind games again, but all the mail I'm getting and the initial stuff, the reason they went so hard for Tui Lola here and they were pushing to get in there Thurston's not a four-week injury. Yeah, I was hearing it was more looking to eight to twelve, depending. And he's it just pe- depends. Yeah, people don't know. remember because it was so long ago. But he had multiple shoulder reconstructions when he was younger. He was borderline Benji Marshall, exactly with how many he had. And yeah. he's ten years on. He's played seven thousand games of rugby league, rep football, year in year out. So it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me if he's not good to go. No, I agree. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm not reading this when everyone keeps going the mind games. I'm expecting Milford to play. I really am. So am I, yeah. But the double standard, again, like you said, he's done this to Milford before with the Samoa thing, but yet as soon as he goes for the England one, they come over and then he let him play this time around after saying again that he didn't want him to play for Samoa. There needs, so. And I understand that the clubs pay their contracts. I get that. I get that, that and I've but said it too. But if we're going to have rep football, the best players need to be available. Otherwise, scrap it. Yep. Get rid of it. Just be like the NFL, have club games, no no rep, no nothing, just play the clubs. So. Yep. The, yeah, the clubs also need to buy in. I do understand. There should be some compensation, I, I agree, if they get injured or be able to go and grab a Tui Lola here or it, maybe even just have a, for a, a waiver wire where you can throw players on and say, look, Tui Lola, we'll loan you Tui Lola here for the rest of the year. Super League's doing it at the moment. Rangi Chase has just gone to Witness. Yeah. But left they, there on Thursday, played for Witness on Sunday, English time, and played quite well. Like what happened with Kurt Gidley, though, in that All-Stars game, where they said, no, you can't have someone who's gone for the year. If he's on for half a million dollars, 600000 then you can't spend it, and that's dead money. 
they should look at you from that point on. If you lose someone halfway through the season, yep. they say his contract was worth six hundred. He's got three hundred left. We'll let that three hundred off your cap go. You can go grab somebody else for the rest of the year. The, yep. You can pay his wages. That's off to the side from your own cap. But we'll let you replace somebody if it happens only at rep football or something where they're being farmed out and it's to the benefit of international football, state of origin, all-stars, all that kind of stuff. I'm fine for it to be uh, excluded yeah, and then to fill the gap, but only in that circumstance. Now, tackle four, Dugan's move. Uh, we talked about it last week. It's now confirmed. Basically, I like the way Shane Flanagan's thinking on this. Bird left. Um, some people were saying they wouldn't sign Dugan instead of Bird. He's too injury-prone, but at the same time, the money we're talking about for Bird, close to 900000 I don't think he's a 5'8". I don't think he's a fullback. I thought he was a lock at best, and the way locks play these days, and the rheumatoid arthritis, he's still taking a big risk. Yep. So I agree with the move. They paid him about seven fifty. He's an international centre, New South Wales centre. He can also play fullback, but Flanagan's idea is what I like. Basically, you put a bunch of good guys in the side, and you just play football. He's not pigeonholing him to a spot. He's not going to park him out there on his own. He's just getting talent into his team. So I agree with the move. Um, the Dragons, disappointed with how everything ended, but at the same time, I can see their play. They've paid a lot of money for other guys, upgraded their forward pack, um, and he was pushing for close to $900,000 million. So if he wasn't willing to budge there and it came down to playing fullback, some saying he's hypocritical for moving to play centre there, but at the same time, I think it was more a personal thing because of the way they treated him. I agree. Yeah, I, I, and look, Paul McGregor's probably the one that looks the best out of this because he said, I want him at fullback. And, I want him in my team. Yeah. And he doesn't have a contract yet either. So I think, and uh, a few of the fans asked me last week, what's going on there? And I basically said in no certain uncertain terms, Ian Millwood and Paul McGregor need to put their guns down. They're not helping each other. No, they're they're in a great position to go forward. They've got some really good kids coming through, three or four guys in the uh, junior kangaroos 20s set up. There's a couple of guys already moved up from 20s to cup. You don't need your recruitment fighting with a coach who doesn't have a contract firing guns at each other right now. No, you don't. They need to come together, right. figure out what they want and who they agree on, figure out the money side of things because at the moment um, things could get very volatile very quickly if they don't sort it out. Agree. I think it's a good signing for Cronulla. Look, if you said to me that you could have uh, Dugan or Bird on the same money, I think you're really splitting hairs. I think Dugan's probably got more runs on the board. He's probably a little bit more injury prone, but as we said, we've got the arthritis concerns with Bird and... And position. He's still not a yeah. He still hasn't nailed down a position, and he's still not an established elite player. Like he may in six weeks' time, we may be saying, "Look, Jack Bird's now an established. He's going to play for Australia, or whatever." Pending how he performs, I thought he performed really well in Origin last year. Yeah, probably didn't get enough time, but Different this role. year I think he's going to play focal. Uh, he's going to be the focal point and play a, a huge role for New South Wales off the bench. But and he's also not in complete control of of that because he's only he can only do what he can do in the time that Daly gives him. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot to be played out, but, yeah, good signing for Cronulla. Yep, I agree. Uh, moving on, tackle five of the New South Wales team. So, obviously, yesterday we named it second for once, but James Tedesco, Blake Ferguson, Brett Morris on the wings, Dugan and Hain are the centres, Maloney and Pierce the halves, Woods, Pete's for feet are the front row, Jackson, Cordner, our captain, thank Christ, mm-hmm. Frizzell, Locke, and the bench, Clemart, Graham, Trebojevic, Bird. He has additionals of Moylan, McLean, and DeBellin. I will say one thing. I'm still absolutely filthy and dumbfounded with this stupid comment that Paul Vaughan needs to be consistent for a long period of time. And I've put it up tonight, and it's been absolutely hammered. So hopefully it ends up on NRL 360. Paul Vaughan needs to be consistent for a long time. When did Woods, McLean, or uh, who was the other one I threw in there? 
Woods McLean or Clemmer ever yeah. have such a dominant slash, you know, you know, gun runner form in their career? When? Mm-hmm. No, never. And McLean even been on the bench, 18th man for Australia, New South Wales. How many times has he strung together a ridiculous run, scoring tries, offloading 200-meter games, been that dynamic? I just think, I think we're close to the money. I had 14 of these players, and this is the closest he's ever been in the time he's been coaching yeah. to the sides that we would have liked to have seen. But just to say something that stupid... And then like long, long, long term again, and it, the hypocrisy of it. Jack Bird was barely playing first grade for eighteen months, and he made a rep side. So to say you need long term runs on the board, mm. um, just dumb, stupid comment. Agree. He would have been the first player I would have picked. Look, I don't, I don't totally agree with the side, but I. It's close for once, I think, and this is the closest. Probably I think we're 70 percent to what I would have picked, but yeah. Anyway, um, but overall, he's cocked up in a few areas, big time, like. Not starting Graham's a huge fuck-up, in my opinion. And everybody out there that said he can't play on the right, I think you're forgetting the whole... What does it matter about the, left and right? People just... He's a 5'8". He's so a, uneducated. Yeah. It does not matter. It does not matter what edge they play on. If you're telling me a first-grade football, and trust me, we've both been a rep systems, can't change the carry, fend with a different arm, and you're talking about a former half as the well. The thing that they right. all get preached to at the age of 16, 18s, 20s, is you need to be able to play both, both sides. sides of the field yeah. because of this situation. The only reason, and we both know this, the left side seems to be the more dominant side for a lot of players. It is your number one attacking side of the field because most guys pass left to right. Mm-hmm. So nine times out of ten, your halves, all those kind of guys, right to left is their dominant pass. I'm the opposite. I'm left to right, but I'm not a half, so it didn't matter. But I played on both sides when I played in the back row. Didn't worry me. Didn't if, find if the, the coach said to me, you're on the right today, or you're on, it, who cares? Didn't find as long difference. as I'm starting the game, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, the, Va- the Vaughan situation, though, we've got to be, it's farcical. Yeah. Absolutely farcical. For him, firstly, not to contact um, Vaughan for however, like, however long it's been, but Vaughan's been killing it all year. You're now 11 rounds into the comp. You haven't picked up the phone to the form prop in the competition. What sort of bullshit message is that sending to him? It means, what what are you sending to him? You're not sending any signals to him. You're just not on my radar. It doesn't matter how good you play, you're not on my radar. So it's not not good for... And I'm sure it won't affect Vaughn. He'll he'll just want to play well for his club. But it doesn't doesn't want him to play for New South Wales. It doesn't grow the passion that he has for his state. He just thinks, what? So these guys can play uh, on the best... Form forward or form prop, these guys aren't playing up to my standard, yet they're going to get picked. Yeah, It just makes no sense at all. Well, it goes, uh, it goes back to what we said about Australian jerseys. Basically, it's almost if you've got your foot in the door, you own the jersey. It's sold until you drop dead almost. Let's it's, get a coach in there, seriously, who knows what he's doing. Like, I, I respect Laurie Daly as a player. I have zero respect for him as a coach. I, I respect Kevin Walters as a player. I've got probably more respect for Kevin Walters as a coach than I do Laurie Daly because he's worked at Melbourne, he's worked at Brisbane, mm. he's won an Origin series. Club, I, like, but really, I, I just don't see it. I, I don't understand how. And look, Daly, the proof in the pudding. Go and watch the series last year. Go and watch how he used his interchanges. Oh. Go and have a look at where he was playing edge players in the middle and middle players on the edge. It's a feeder. It was a huge fuck minutes. up. Was... Like last year was just. One of the greatest shits, dirty nappies that I've ever seen in terms of coaching <laughs> yeah, a side. Yeah. Really, uh, it was it was horrendous, yeah. you know. And we we lost the first game eleven ten, I think. We should have won the second game, and we won the third game. To me, that that's a that's a series we could have clean, uh, clean swept. Yeah, taking zero away from Queensland, yeah. they're an exceptional side. But you need to get you need to get your own house in order. One hundred percent. Let's get the right. And and for Peter Sterling, he's an advisor. 
I'm not sure what advice he's given him because Peter Sterling's come out and said that Vaughan is the form prop in the comp. So why, why then, if you're the advisor, is Paul Vaughan not in the side? You know what killed me, though? He was on Triple M with Dan Ganane, and he's always very blunt. But a week beforehand, Dan Ganane was basically pressing him, saying, look, is he even being considered? Is he going to be there at all? And he was like, oh, probably not. And the tone of his voice almost sounded like oh. he has pushed, but he obviously isn't a selector, and Laurie Daly's not answering. So don't have him there. Laurie, don't da- have him Laurie there. Daly's not answering to anyone what anymore. What are we paying Peter Sterling for, then? I don't know, but Laurie Daly doesn't answer to anyone anymore. So the full control's there. Bob Fulton's out, which I agree with. But A guy that's won one series out of four, it doesn't answer to anyone. Yeah, that's pretty sad. It's ridiculous. But what I'm more worried about is we've turned down the opportunity to have the two most dynamic front rowers in Fafita and Vaughan play for our state. With try scoring ability, minutes, offloads, tackle, but like, I don't know how you could have sat down and not just fallen off your chair thinking, how good is this? I'm going to have Paul Vaughan, Andrew Fafita, front row, just destroy Nate Miles, all these older blokes off the bench. He still picked Lilliman, old cement. Like, <sighs> we would have had a field day. Yeah, I agree. Aaron Woods was okay on the weekend, but I still don't rate him to a rep level. He's still got a bung hamstring. He was supposed to have six weeks off. We've picked him after two. Um, yeah, I, that that's the way. I. Like I said, my I've, opinion won't change if Aaron Woods comes out and plays well. No. Until Aaron Woods puts three good state of origin and he's the most dominant forward on the field, I, don't, I personally I don't think he dominates NRL game. But that's he doesn't scare anyone. He, you know, he, okay, people go, oh, he's got great stats. You know, he, he runs this many meters, has this many carries. That, that's great. Where are the Tigers on the fucking table? Where, where, where games? are the Tigers on the on the table? How many finals games has he played? How many Origin games has he won for us? And I've got nothing, no personal hatred for no. Aaron Woods at all. I'm talking about the facts. The yeah. facts of the matter is, is that Vaughan uh, is the form player, form prop, yep. dominating size, well, scoring was... tries, carrying his team almost. Well, he's been carrying him as long as Widop's been away. Yep. He's the one creating a lot of the tries for St. George, yep. and he's a prop. Um, look, and this is not a slight on Vaughan, but if you go through history, we look at Tarek Sims, didn't get picked. Never, there's never been picked since, never yep. been in that vein of form. Two Blake years. Austin, you look at... The year that Mitchell Pearce uh, got done for the the couple of off field incidents, the lady in the red dress, etc. Yeah. We didn't pick James Maloney. We because won that series. That. Like I don't get it. We, we just he'd won the comp with the Roosters a year before. I know we won that uh, we won that uh, series, but you look at where Hodkinson is now. He's playing reserve grade. Reynolds has been pushed out of the Bulldogs. Mate, that that we've said it before, and I don't want to go any further into it. Cronk broke his arm They'd last pick- year. He wouldn't pick fucking Wade Graham for game one. Yeah. Comes in game two and three is our best player. Yep. Like, come on, man. New South Wales, we're great at denying people that kick down the And ball. I don't want to eat our own. I, no. I, don't, want to, I don't want to eat Laurie Daly. I, I, I generally hope we win 3-0, and I hope I've got pile over my face. But I'm just talking about what has happened. These are facts. This is what's happened. This is what's happening. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Well, overall, basically, I didn't have Morris in my side. I had Bird starting and Hayne pushed out to the wing. Uh, the forward pack, we had Vaughan in there, clearly. I didn't have Jackson starting or Frizzell. I had Trebojevic and Wade Graham, obviously. I wanted to have Frizzell, DeBellin, Clemmer, and Jackson on the bench, knowing we don't need a utility. Bird can cover the halves, also play out wide. We had a couple of guys who play fullback, center wing. Wade Graham can play 5-8 if you need him to, and Josh Jackson's a shutdown defender. If you want to bring him off the bench and you need to cover center defensively, there's not a problem. I thought there was enough there and good enough off the bench to kind of ramp things up. But yeah. 14 out of the 17, I just don't like the way it's kind of been ordered. I still think, honestly, we should win. Yeah, I think we're better than them. We have to win. If yep. they don't win this series, it's an absolute sham. Um, yeah. But yeah, tackle six, because we've just absolutely ran rampant, is the Queensland side. And for the first time ever, I think they've dropped the ball. I really do. Um, 
two picks in particular, they've usually been really good in the past. And I said it to you a couple of years ago when I said they'll flip Ashley Harrison, and they did. And yeah. they usually know the right time just to roll someone over, roll someone in, roll someone over, roll them in. And they've done it nicely. This time, I think they've shit the bed. Nate Miles is done. You can't pick Nate Miles again. Jared Wallace has been close to, again, one of the form props in the comp, absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know, he's not involved in this one. And the other one's Lilliman. He does his job every week. But you've got Cohen Hess. He's the leading try scorer, equal leading try scorer. He plays tight. He plays an edge. He's an absolute monster. You don't need a lot from him. And you know they're not going to use Lilliman for that long either. So yeah. I don't understand. There was two golden opportunities there to blood two players that are going to be part of your long-term setup. Yeah. They don't have the depth we do, and those two are kicking down the door. I think for the first time in a long time, they've shit the bed on that one. And the other one's O'Neill. I know there's incumbency, but seriously, he's yeah. barely played any football. He's an absolute cat in my eyes. I think he's soft as butter. Yep. I don't know how that they've figured out that Chambers, Gagai don't go in there, play really physical. Oates is one I can kind of understand. The errors I don't like. I would have had Holmes in there and just denying Billy Slater. I don't want him to be there. I'm happy he was a Melbourne fan because I want him to focus on Melbourne. I was disappointed when he said he wanted to play wet football. But I didn't expect him to be this good. And at this point in time, when you're missing Inglis, you got Holmes who played for Australia, I really thought they would have just gone stuff it. We're going to put the best players in. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to have Slater, all the Storm boys together, Boyd on a wing, Holmes on a wing. Um, there's three or four changes there that I just thought they would have made. I, Lilliman, I didn't have, um, like we said, uh, Nate Miles. There's just a couple there that I think are really going to hurt him, particularly the forwards. Yeah, but I agree. That's, that, that's the main one. And Justin O'Neill, I just don't understand at all how he was picked in the... Again, we talk about form and incumbency. Pick for the Australian extended squad. Pick for Queensland. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. How do you deserve in the form you've been in, injuries, and what have you done? Yeah. I don't get it. I really don't. Biggest cock-up for me, you didn't pick Billy Slater. I'd just, again, just on your bench, though. You need something from your bench. That doesn't scare me at all. Mm. Um, and their starting side with Nate Miles there. I'd just be hammering him. He'd been limping around at club football. He's been arrested by Trent Barrett, for Christ's sake, because he can barely play on a yeah, I know that. So I I'd know, be hunting him. Yeah, he's, he's blood in the water, but then again... You know, you, you didn't pick the best prop, so is he going to be as uh, exposed as what he should be? Probably not, but I still think the guys that we've got there, if we're fair Inkham, they should run all over Miles. Yep. Uh, they should run all over. To me, Guerra and Thayday look like they're down and dipping as well. Yep. Well, re- I, realistically, oh, yeah. I would have had Napa in, which they had to. They've done that, but I would have had Napa, Wallace, Hess, Holmes. It would have been four debutants, and obviously Milford. I would have had Norman there, but they don't have the choice right now. And we've already seen that Cherry Evans and Cronk don't mix. Yeah. But I think uh, those two in particular, those two forwards, may hurt them. I don't yep. think they've got enough in their rotation. So it's on New South Wales now. It's on New South Wales to get the job done. Correct. That is our six tackles. Uh, obviously, plenty of fan questions. Before we get to that, power rankings. What I wanted to know, did you want to do 1-8 to eight or 1-16 to 16 again? Go 1-8. to eight. I did 1-8, to eight and I put the other ones there because I wasn't too sure. But starting things off, my number one hasn't changed. I'm still on the Roosters. There's more improvement there, and I think they have the best squad. Yeah, I've bumped the Roosters up after what I saw. Uh, two good performances in a row, slightly over the Storm, um, who I've got at two. Yeah, well, I've got the Storm at two. I think they're still going along good, but uh, there's a few chinks at the end of there. They're 9-2, and two, they're heading into Origin, so I'll wait for the back end of the year. Yep. Uh, at three, I've got the Broncos. I've got the Broncos as well, ticking along nicely. Still would get some players back. At four, I've got the Sharks. Uh, you know, errors, playing well below their best standards, still won eight games. Six and oh on the road. Yeah. Good signs. Five, the Dragons. 
I've got the Dragons at five. Would opt to come back. Do going to come back. Still get the job done. And have been. Hang on, I don't think I gave you who was at four. I had Sharks at yeah, four. Yeah, the Sharks. Sharks at well. four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, so yeah, Dragons at five. If I'm a Dragons fan, I'm cheering that uh, Vaughan got left and that Debellin's only part of the extended squad. Mm. Frizzell's the only one gone and Dugan, but they haven't been playing without Dugan anyway. So if they get Widot back, they could make a run again during Origin here. Yeah. So good opportunity for Dragons. Number six, I have the Cowboys. Yeah, got the Cowboys at six as well. Um, they've surprised me the last couple it. of weeks. Morgan's starting to play both sides of the field, getting a couple of spine players back. They look a lot better. It's probably a blessing that Morgan's been in, uh, Thurston's been injured. It's made Morgan have to play both sides of the field and have to take the uh, the, the reins at the Cowboys, which has been good. I agree. Uh, I got Manly at seven. I, I pushed him out last week, but again on the weekend, and I regret, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, they remind me of a Parkside. They're mm-hmm. all genuinely playing for each other. They're a group. Yep. They are tough as nails, and I didn't expect what happened on the weekend. Uh, I've got the Raiders at seven. I've uh, I've lifted them up one spot, and I've dropped the Warriors out of my eight. Yep. And I've got Manly at eight. Well, my eight is the Raiders. They're barely holding on by the skin of their teeth. It's purely squad and the fact they're only losing Papali for origin. So, again, they're another team that should make a bit of a run right now. So, I've, Warriors have burned me again. I can't work them out. So, And then and then below that, I've got, I've got a group there. Well, you've... you've You'd probably throw the Raiders into this group, um, and you'd say these are, these are for me the sides that are the really battling it out to make the eight. I, right now, if I if I had to lock some sides in, I'd say Roosters, Storm, Broncos, Sharks, Dragons, Cowboys are all making it. Would you agree? Top uh, six, those six. I'd pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and then I'd say you've got uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six teams battling it out in the Raiders, Manly, Warriors, Dogs, Titans, Panthers, who I think can all make the eight and then we've got 13 14 15 16 for me the eels souths uh tigers and knights all can't make it i think souths have a glimmer of hope but not much but i'm basically with you on eels knights and tigers so yeah yeah, pretty much agree but that's the power rankings you've got our set of six now we're going to punch through the fan questions before we do the reviews very quickly Uh, a bit of a tight schedule today we've got some football stuff that we have to attend to so later on, I'll be joined by a goss of my own because Boxhead's got a jet off. But Will Marchington, which will be higher? The number of Knights wins this season or players signed for next season? Both are looking pretty shithouse. Well, I don't uh, know. I don't know how many signings they're going to get, to be honest. And I don't blame them for not unnecessarily pulling the trigger. But I think more disappointing than anything is seeing Gagai leave after the win last week and trying to push forward. Um, I reckon there'll be more wins than there will be players signed, to be honest. Oh, it's hard, eh? Yeah, I, I don't know. If they're going to make any moves... I, I'd, say, I'd say players signed. I reckon if they're going to make moves, they'll do what they did last year. It'll be kind of off-season stuff, guys getting pushed out, a bit of cap pressure things. I don't really see anything happening right now, but maybe at the end of the year they might jag one or two they're interested in if clubs are willing to let go. Okay. Uh, Neil Taylor, thoughts on Hasler's tactic of short dropouts. Wasn't a fan, but can see the merit in uh, not wanting a huge forward, running full tilt at you from 40 out, especially if your forwards are tired. Well, the thing is, it's all well and good, maybe a surprise tactic every now and then, but on the weekend, like, you drop kicking it to Daniel Tupo, and you were going 20 metres deep, so there was no point. Mm. Um, it is awkward to attack from 10 out. We spoke about this before. It's one of the most awkward positions because there's pressure on you. You have to play deeper and almost lose metres to make metres, but um, the tactic doesn't work when you kick to the biggest man on the field who's also got a pretty good set of hands. Pretty dumb. Not really smart. Yeah. Ian Stanmore, is there any point in having a multi year player contracts anymore. So basically, I think he's getting at what we're getting at earlier. If a player gets better off a while under contract right now, they just tank, so clubs release them anyway, looking at Mitchell Moses. Uh, if they can only sign for a season at a time and then we ban in-season transfers, surely we get a better standard of behaviour. 
Well, if they had to play year to year, what we talked before, you're always going to be up for the contract. But people want security. Uh, different guys operate differently as far as that. And I think that'd be the biggest scare tactic uh, if players signing one-year deals. Not many guys are going to back themselves for a year. And if you blow your ACL, clubs are going to take advantage of you as well. So you've got to weigh up risk and reward, like you said before. What is the offer? What's the money? What's the ceiling on it? The terms of the deal? If I was an elite player or think I was going to be a elite player at a younger bloke, I probably wouldn't sign anything more than a two-year deal early yeah. on in my career. You have to have multi-year contract. You yeah. can't not have multi-year contracts. Because you'll otherwise... get pillaged if you get injured. Yeah, and it it just doesn't make any sense. But and if you're going to make the, the behavior argument, well, the club can sack a player if his behavior isn't up to standard. So I think, look, the player can control a lot of... Well, a lot of elements. The club can obviously control some elements as well. I like the system how we've got it, but I just don't. I, d- I don't understand why we go over all these different contract disputes in terms of we well, signed a contract, but now I want out of it. You know, I think the best way to to do that is to bring in trade, free agency, a draft, just an easier way for players to move around. Yep, I agree. Andrew Wales, Wade Graham needs to be in the Blues run-on team to shut down Cronk. Well, I think if he was on the Right, he wouldn't be marking up on Cronk anyway. No, it'll be, it'll be cool now, but you'd be mad to say to Wade Graham, you just stay on that side of the field. Yeah. Wade Graham's got the ability to play. He's played 5'8". Yeah. So he's got the ability to pop up anywhere. And Beautiful left foot kick, ball play, tough as who, nails. Who says that Cronk's always going to be kicking on that side of the field? Yeah, well, they'll be trying to so, hide him, that's for sure, especially if Milford's there with him. They'll be after... And the other one, they never we never pay attention to, Cameron Smith. Yeah. He just carves us apart with that left foot kick. He only may only kick three or four times, but they're all going to be on the money. So I hope they do a better job of getting out of marker on third and fourth and getting after Smith. That's one thing they need to worry about. Jay Smith is asking, uh, can we discuss the whole New Zealand coming out of the comp for possibly a second Brisbane team and also any expansion news? No. Well, there is no expansion news. The NRL's quashed that for a long time now. Uh, money, you know, setting teams up. They're already owning too many teams. There's way too much money being invested in the sides that are there now. The talent's not there. And I don't haven't heard really anything about New Zealand being kicked out of the comp for a second Brisbane team. They won't be kicked out of the comp. Can't happen. Rugby league's invested in New Zealand. Yeah. If anything, New Zealand will get another side. Exactly. Um, the twenties they've pushed so many players through. I know they're struggling at the moment, but mate, there's absolutely no chance of New Zealand being kicked out of the comp. Uh, Gemma Henlon, why are players not getting penalised when they are blocking the opposition on purpose so their player gets an advantage from a kick? Well, this is one of these things we watch every week, and they'll blow one or two in a game, and it's really annoying. Mm. There's no contest anymore. Probably starting again from when Melbourne got Falau. English used to put those kick tactics up, work to the edges. They were also probably one of the first ones to start doing the blocking, but uh, it's just one of those things now that basically just let go. It is frustrating, but it's yeah. more annoying when you see one penalise out of about 30 that happen in a game. Um, they don't act on it, and they're not going to act on it. I think it's like playing the ball with your foot. It's just one of those things, unfortunately, is going to remain. Well, it's bullshit because it's against the rules and the referee should be pinning it. Yeah. But the the fact of the matter is is that they're doing it because they're not getting penalised and it, you know, that just manifests itself into the situation that we've got at the moment. Yep, 100%. William Robinson, he says he has no question, but just a quick thanks for the best NRL podcast available. Cheers and keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, champion. Much appreciated. Simon Hansen, do you think the media influences Laurie's team choice as well? Definitely. I'm going to say no because... No, well, if, definitely. If the media influenced it, why the hell was Vaughn not in the side? It confuses him. Every single person... Confuses him. There was articles... Because they're trying to... They're trying to confuse me. There was articles <laughs> two weeks ago from journalists saying he's already booked the jersey. Laurie would have been sitting in his home going, well, I don't think so. Why are these journalists picking my team? Yeah. It's my team. Yeah. Laurie's team. 
Fold, Bozo is gone. Laurie. Sterlo just sits in here to play chess with me. Yeah. I pick the team. They play you know. Yeah, they play you know. Good times. Oh, Laurie Daly. Uh, Johnny, Samikas, worst Queensland team ever picked. Wow. Jeez, that's a bit heavy. I would say, I'd, I'd rephrase it. In, Shots fired. In this run of 10 year, 11 years, it's probably one of the worst teams they've picked. I don't know about Jeez, worst. Just put the gun away. But that's pretty... If, without, if Thurston doesn't play and you've got Miles and Lillian in there and he picked O'Neill, I could say in this run of 10 or 11 years, it's close to the worst team they've had. In yeah, the I don't know. You're splitting hands. I'm not going to say the worst team ever. I'm certainly not going to go and do my research and work out... <laughs> I wasn't born. ...compare Queen, <laughs> Queensland teams. No, I wasn't born for the start of all if, of Maybe if they were printed on toilet paper, I would. <laughs> I'd read them before I wipe my anus with them. Yeah. But, uh, Johnny, maybe for the 10, 11-year period, of dominance, this might be their weakest team. I wouldn't say it's their worst team ever, that's for sure. Melissa Morris, do you think Laurie Daly's misguided loyalty above talent is hurting New South Wales prospects of a series win? Yes. 100%. Yes, Melissa. Love your work, Melissa. That's Melissa, brilliant. see, that's straight to the point. <laughs> exactly. That's the sort of questions we need. Yeah. Melissa. Well played. You've absolutely knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. Six runs. Four runs. Um, he does it fairly often, and he has since he's been in, and we should reward... I've said it before and we'll say it again. No one deserves incumbency because we've had such a bad history of losing. We should be picking on form. And the Mitchell Pearce argument still gives me the shits. Everyone's going, why are we picking him? Who else are you picking? Reynolds broke like... Pick anyone but him, man. Reynolds Pick bro- anyone but Pearce. Reynolds broke Pierce like... fucking shit. That's right. How much football do you watch? Reynolds broke Pierce. like a pretzel again on the weekend. Josh Reynolds is injured and you wouldn't pick him because he's barely a half. Hodkinson's playing New South Wales Cup. Caesar and Austin are barely playing for the Canberra Raiders. I can keep going. I did this the other week. Who are you picking? I'm not, I'm not oh, in I just don't you. get it. And people go, oh, but he's so... Like, Chad Townsend yep. would be probably one. He's the only other one that's probably there yeah. that's playing half decent. And the thing about it is, and no one knows about this, he was playing with Robbie Farrow, who's just an absolute grub and never passed in the football. Mm. Robbie Farrow's been half the problem for so long, along with a couple of those forwards that we just kept on picking. We finally got rid of the cancer. Yep. Oh, he's just coming back in. Hard. You know what Pete's going to do? Pete's going to give the ball to him. If he fails this time, I'll join the bandwagon. I'll jump on it. But I don't think he's going to fail. I'm not going to jump on it because it's a team sport. Exactly. You, That's you, the other and, reason. and again, Daly hasn't picked the right side. If he if he picked the right side from 1 to 17 and then Pierce oh. fucked up over a series, I'd go, okay, yeah. well, let's look at everyone's performance. But you can't just blame every result on Pierce. No, nah, they're ridiculous. And he's also following the tactics from the coach. Exactly. So everybody out there, pull your head in. Put Adam Bain, how many games this year do you think, as a percentage, the referees have had too big of an impact or have made momentum-shifting uh, game lot. decisions in? 25%. Yeah. He said, not usually one to complain about the officials, but on Sunday I waved six again uh, myself and had another six-pack and shake my head in disbelief. Very disappointing. We'll have another six-pack. Well, I think every week there's at least one or two games, which is I think two, sad. 25%. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that the referee... And that's why, if you notice... Um, Probably 10 years ago, so much money used to be gambled on rugby league. So much money. Yeah. Big bets, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, there's nowhere near as much money being gambled on the game for that reason. Yeah. For the influence Refs. that the referees have over the game. 100%. Uh, Matty Ford, Mattress, discuss, and he's basically touched on what we already have, what Laurie Daly actually means with his explanation as to why Paul Vaughan didn't get picked for origin. Form over a consistent period. Please. He's second in the Dalian votes currently. And uh, get experience in the origin area. He can't if he doesn't get picked. Cop out. Absolutely. Well, Mattress... Matty, bang. You said it, and I posted earlier again for the Ask Kenty thing tonight. And if it's on there, we'll screenshot it. Everybody just absolutely slam the retweets. Love it. 
when has Clemmer, Woods, any of these blokes put together a run like this? McLean getting an Australian mention and in New South Wales mention. I love Melbourne. Mm. McLean's barely put two games together ever. He has games now and then. His best two games at the start of this year when Bromwich was out. Yeah. He's been playing great for four years. vaughan has been better than him over the four or five years he was at Canberra. Matty, you've earned yourself a slice of pizza, yeah. maybe even a bread roll. That's right. Get Have some, some carbs, carbs mattress. Get some carbs you kill me every time you come over and you don't eat any carbs. Kill my life, but uh, it is a cop-out, mate, 100%. Daniel Hollands, three fullbacks in the New South Wales back five, should be expecting to see some strange shapes and formations in attack, e.g. inside-outside-centre combos. I love inside-outside-centre. You know I do. Mm. I love my short-side-centre to go across and... uh... (laughs) Jesus. Uh, (laughs) We're looking at the next question. Uh, Look, I I love them to combine. So, look, Daly's going to have to be good enough to combine them. Uh, But, look, they're... They, why can't they play both sides of the field? Well, I why think can't they? It's an extra man and make Queensland react to it I'm with defensively. You. If they, and if they don't, we're going to have an overlap. Oh, yeah, and and Hayne and Dugan have two a too good a ball runner to be pigeonholed to one side of the field. Let him run. Yep, I think he's already come out today. And, and when they get tired, if Tedesco gets tired or if Hayne gets tired, or you, do, you can swap them all around. Well, we've already seen today the genius of Laurie Daly. I've given Jared Hayne free reign. Yeah, good Don't man. just sit on your side of the field. You are able to roam. Licensed to roam, Jared. Who's, uh, whose side is Hayne going to be on defensively? Who's his winger outside him? Well, is it going to be Brett Morris? If you're picking it as the Australian side, like they did Dugan and Ferguson with the right-hand side. So yeah. Hayne will be the left-hand edge with Brett Morris. Yeah. I worry about Hayne's defence. Well, he got uh, pulled apart a few times with the Titans, didn't he? So, yeah. bit of an issue there. But Cameron Patmore, what can be done to fix his fast school player trading mid-season? Well, I think we've touched that up. Yeah, we have. That. Draft, um, draft, free agency trades. There should be something in place by now, surely. Definitely. Phil Tasker, from players off contract, in your opinion, who should the Knights target to help teach their young players how to close out games? Well, mm. mate, there's everyone that they've gone for were the ones you'd want to go for, some marquee players, and they've missed out on all of them. Basically, everyone's used them as a bargaining tool. Um, it's a bit hard to look right now because we're in the middle of the questions and find who else is there. But Well, the tactic's got to be uh, that they wait and hope that the salary cap comes in lower than what everyone expected it to be and a lot of players become pushed. open on the free market. Yeah. Well, the one I'd be going for, and again, this is not looking it off contract right now because it's a bit hard to get the pages up and look for it. The James Graham thing is probably the best thing Well, they've now said, do. no, he's locked into the dogs next year. I know they've said that, but like you said, if the cap is a bit smaller and they need to squeeze some money out, he's... Supposedly on a back end a deal that's going to push close to 950k next season. Wow! So if that's the deal, and he's been taking less, and it's about to all hit plus Woods plus Foreign, all these guys coming in. Yeah. Um, if I'm Newcastle, I'm pushing really hard and I'm putting together a package that he can't refuse because whether he's not the best at the back end of his career, what he will bring culture wise, club wise, and teaching will be worth the money they invest. Yeah. Um, but I'd just wait until next year. Nathan Brown said it the other week. They can't do what they've done before spend money unnecessarily, get someone for three years that they really don't want who plays like a bastard and then they want to get rid of after 12 months. So unfortunately, they just have to wait. Uh, George Cronuta speaking the Knights. He's noticed a pattern a lot of their games this season. They're strong for their first 40. Build a lead, generally the better side. Then in the second half, it all seems to fall apart. What does Brown need to do to get a full 80 out of them more? Again, mate, they don't have the depth. They don't have the side. There's lots of kids. Um, their bodies are only getting used to it. They've been better this year than last because so many got blooded well before their time. But... It's just getting the runs in your legs, turning into an adult, couple of pre-seasons, being in the gym, then getting some older guys around. And at the moment, uh, they're not fully fledged first graders. They're still yeah. learning how to play a full season. And a lot of guys after six or eight weeks are already busted, doing prehab, got injuries, physio every single week. They're, they just don't have the depth or the experience to be able to play consistently for a whole season and for 80 minutes every week. Here, here. Yep. 
nailed that one. Matteo Grasso, why does Mitchell Pearce continually get chances? We've been told by ex-rugby league players working the media that he's changed and that he's in a good headspace every year for years now. If we lose game one, could this finally be the end of his origin career? Can't drop him after one game. No. And again, who are you picking? He should be there for the three. Though Maloney and Pearce are going to be there for the three. And then we'll see who behind them is going to even force Daly to have a look. Exactly. Because um, at the moment, there's no one apart from Townsend. Townsend's an X-man, and I love your question, Matteo. And I get everyone's frustration, but again, look at the holistic side of it. Everybody out there that just guns for one person because he's the seven. Robbie Farrell, we're sharking him, not giving the ball when he needed it. We've had the wrong players in there. We picked the wrong foot. We've had issues for such a long time. Yeah. This is as close as he's going to get to the side, the right side. Like I said, I think he's pretty close, maybe not the way he's picked it positionally and the bench. But if he goes three games this year, absolutely struggles all those bits and pieces around him with an older Queensland side that I think is wrong, Maybe it is time to kind of sit there and go, okay, move on. But again, who do you pick? Yeah, that's right. Um, there needs to be someone playing better than someone, him. And currently, there's not. Everyone just throws up Reynolds because he played last year. He can barely stay on the field for his own Adam club. Adam Reynolds, side. please. So, like I said, I don't know what everyone wants out there. We can't just clone somebody and make up a brand new halfback. But yeah. um, the hate for Pierce, you need to get behind him. That's the thing that needs to happen this year. Uh, Chris Lamuta Tolafoa. I'm sorry, mate, if I got that wrong. The Warriors' main problem. Well, bloody hell, how many problems? How long have you got? Just attitude in general, mate. Um, attitude's poor. 57 missed tackles on the weekend. Everything seems too hard. I just don't get the up and down week to week. They play the Roosters in the storm, like Brock said, and you sit there and go, oh, my God. They're finally woken up to it, and then they rock up the last few weeks, blow a 28-point lead. Mm. Um, only 15 games in history, I think they said, out of 10,000 matches or something last week. Don't. It's, a, it's a very Falcons-like. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just consistency and attitude. They've got a poor attitude. And to be honest, I think it's a place where the Kiwi players go to back to die. Yeah. Their careers go to die. I'm worried for Toby Harris last year. Rogers Tuivasa-Shek's doing everything he can. But with those blokes around him, it's really kind of killed him off a little bit as well. Foreign, you couldn't do any more right now to show them the way to win. And they still can't win again. So they're in big trouble when he leaves again next year as well. Yeah, uh, Their main problem, God knows what. There's a million things you can put your finger on. Jack Package with Morgan and Milford, both more ball-running halves. Is Ash Taylor the most likely to wear the number seven jersey if Cronk retires? Who knows? Again, it's a hypothetical. Right now, probably yes. If you were telling me tomorrow I had to pick a pair uh, from what is available, I would love to see Ash Taylor for the control side of things in the kicking game and Norman playing outside him. Yeah. That would be the halves pairing for me. And Friend would be your nine, and the fullback will remain Boyd for now. But moving forward, it could be Holmes, it could be someone else. But uh, the halves, if you're telling me tomorrow... Cronk, Thurston, we're gone. Uh, yeah, it's Norman and it's Ash Taylor for me. Yeah, agree. Jack, Neymar, Mark Rand. Last week I asked you guys, who do you think is the best young player in the 20s uh, in the game? You came up with heaps and good young players. Some of them I know, some I didn't. He talked about Melbourne's uh, young bloke, Sal, for now, an absolute freak. But he's interested here in our thoughts. Two guys we didn't mention, Nat Butcher from the Roosters, Payne Hess from Brisbane. Well, mate, if you've been listening to the show, uh, we've mentioned Nat Butcher a million times. The reason we don't throw him in, uh, he was basically supposed to be playing cup and also supposed to be part of the first-grade squad this year, but he had an injury in the off-season. We know Nat Butch is a freak. Um, he's an absolute outstanding talent. He's going to play plenty of first-grade. Payne Hess from Brisbane, there's been basically no Brisbane 20s games on the TV, so I can't tell you a whole lot. Yeah. I think if he's the kid you're talking about, he's the 17-year-old or 18-year-old they signed who's an absolute monster. Uh, they've talked about him in terms of Tamalola or whatnot. Um, from all reports, I hear good things, but, mate, I honestly haven't seen him because Brisbane's never on the TV for under 20, so I couldn't tell you right now. But Nat Butcher, bona fide first grader, 100%. He's going to play NRL, mm. so that's why he wasn't mentioned. Daniel Friend, just lots of Laurie Daly impersonation from Lewis. Well, well, he's already had a few. I already started before I read that, so thank you, Daniel, for your request for Laurie Daly. 
and picking plays for the New South Wales team. Mm. What about the snoz on him? Oh, come on, mate. Huge. I saw someone tweet something yesterday about if he doesn't ski off that. If he doesn't pick the right side, they're just going to fly kick him in his fat nose. And <laughs> like, that's 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 harsh, but I'm, at the same time, I'm, I get a bit of a giggle. Yeah, well played, Andrew Locke. Who's the most overrated players to win a premiership? My votes are Brent Kite and Sean Kenny Dow or Alistair Locke. I'm guessing that's his brother. Stitcher, love the show. Wow, well, wow. Brent Kite won a Clive Churchill medal, mate. Brent Kite. Oh, that, that day killed me. Melbourne got absolutely obliterated. And well, was it like, the worst player to ever win a comp? Yeah, oh, win a premiership. How do you know? Jamin Lowe for the Melbourne Storm. Oh, Richie Fayoso moved halfway through the season, got a premiership ring too. He played about four games for us. Not worst player, but I reckon worst situation. Richie Fayoso was like, oh, I don't feel well, right about it. He was he got absolutely yeah, 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 shit canned yeah. from New. I'm just saying from Newcastle and then went and won a comp there. He played good for us though. No, I know he did. I'm yeah. just saying if you're talking about worst situation, yeah, he thought he's bloody he wasn't going to get resigned like signed anywhere, and here he ends up in Melbourne and wins a comp. And I can't think of a lot. Who was the halfback for Brisbane that beat Melbourne in 06? Oh, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking Adam. about. No, not Adam. It was Shane something, wasn't it? Yeah, Shane Perry. Shane Perry. And then he Steve didn't, Perry. He didn't even get kept in the first grade side next Shane year. Shane Perry, yep. He beat Melbourne in 06. Catcher. Oh, that game. That haunts me forever, that game. Uh, mate, I don't know about worse, but I'd have to say that there's a couple of guys that are lucky. Jamin Lowe leaning at Melbourne basically didn't play in the 2012 grand final. And the other one uh, would be Richie Fayoso, who was there for about five minutes and got a grand final ring. On to the next question, though, and uh, we just got a couple of comments here. It's more people disappointed again that Daly on Twitter has not picked Vaughny. Sam Taylor says, can't wait for the pod. Feel an epic spray coming that Vaughny hasn't been picked, and rightly so. Hashtag clueless. I've already blown up. Yep. Orange Monkey Eagle, somehow poor Vaughn is getting overlooked. Is he Ben Eichening, Laurie's daughter, or does Woodsy have incriminating photos of him? And then he's put up a photo saying, I've come to clean your pool filters with Vaughn's head. Mm. So there's plenty of people agreeing. Paul Wainwright has absolutely blowing up, not consistent enough. Woods has been consistently rubbish. So, yep, Joey, the Dragons man forever. So he obviously goes for the Dragons, but still, he's right. It's an absolute disgrace. Second in the Dalian is Brian Cameron Smith, but he isn't consistent enough. Hmm. Plenty of angry people, uh, rightfully yeah. so. They all watch the games. They're not stupid. Exactly. Uh, e Rascals on Twitter. Tigers have two gun props next season, a few new ball players, and a gun coach. Are we a decent fullback short of top four, or am I dreaming? You're dreaming. Mate, you are absolutely dreaming. I love you. Uh, love the fact that you're... Top eight chance, definitely. Right? Optimistic. Oh, I don't even know. I just think squad depth. The, the top 25 is not that great now, and they're going to lose a couple, bring a couple in. I think it's going to take another year on top of that to kind of build the... Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I think they can get closer to the eight. I don't think they can make the four. They need to make a couple of moves, but funny enough, someone in here, Frankie, put up a little gift that says, believe in your dreams. I think that was about the Tigers thing. So, yeah. Uh, mate, I love the optimism, but I don't know about next year. Top oh, he's, eight. He's also entitled to his opinion. 100%. Yeah. Top eight, maybe, but yeah, I, I can't say top four. No way. I uh, need to do more with the top 25 depth. Benny Storer, thoughts on refereeing Blunder and Roosters v Bulldogs game. Feel as though Canterbury were robbed of an opportunity. So I think they were referring to, I think there was a knock-on near the end of the game. Oh, that set of six when Gordon played at the ball and we were sitting there going, he didn't play it, then the replay happened, then he did play it. Yeah. I think they're going on about that and they went and scored, obviously, after that. So, no, It's a 50-50. Oh, I can handle those ones because they're hard for the for the, the referee on field and the touches to see and they happen so quickly and it could only be a fingertip. I don't know how you avoid them. Yeah, and uh, Benny's also got again, should the Tigers just write off 2017 and commence blooding the next generation? Well, I've already written off 27, and I think the problem, Benny, is what I said about the top 25. There's no one really else there to blood. You saw Little John last week, 
and Rankin get pushed in. You've already seen Cheekham. Little's in there playing now, but, um, you know, besides Moses Suley, who was there at the start of the year, there's not a whole lot there. Mm. Uh, I did their cup game on the weekend. Tatola and Felice, I think it's Felice that's played maybe a handful of games in first grade. Tatola's been okay, two front rowers. Maybe have a look at one or two of those guys and Watson Halita, but there's no one there that's an out-and-out first grader right now. So that's what I'm getting at when I say they really need to rebuild their top 25 depth. And one of their best 20s players, they let go, Ray Stone, and he ended up turning into Australian 20s player this year for the Parramatta Eels. So um, not great times as far as they're concerned. And Ryan Pappenhausen hasn't been in great form, but has big wraps on him. He's moving to Melbourne next year. Yeah. So I'd blood Halita, Felice and Tatola some games. Other than that, there's not a whole lot there, unfortunately. Um, a few people here just talking again. Rascals, a few people have obviously hit him up about thinking they're going to be top four for the Tigers. They've said he's lost his marbles, or he said, I've lost my marbles. Um, but yeah, he says, Penrith for all the hype this year. Media will be on the Tigers next season. I'm not too sure they will be, mate. But like I said, you're entitled to your opinion, and hopefully the Tigers do turn things around because it's a pretty sad state of affairs at the moment. Matty Lewin, does Woods get post-contact meters even though he backs into defense, or is that reverse contact? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows, yeah. That's, that's enough about Aaron Woods. Yeah, special time. Joey, he says, how can Jack DeBellin be brought in as a development player? He's had consistent form over a long period of time and deserves a shot. Yeah, agree. Agreed. And our profits, Mitchell Pierce's record at Suncorp. So everybody here is just going after Pierce, mate. Uh, I love everybody's... In- what about New South Wales record at Suncorp, Suncorp in that run? Yeah. Well, he wasn't part of the 52-point... De- I don't know he was part of the 52-point demolition, unfortunately, but I'll say it again. We never- so that's Pierce's fault? No, nah, it's not Pierce's fault. It's the forward pack were absolutely terrible. We got carved through the middle and they picked us apart on the edges. Pierce wasn't the only one on the field, so... Pretty sure Woods was a part of that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I mean, we've lost 10 of 11, so I don't know how everyone can just point the Pierce at one. Uh, the, the finger at Pierce and Pierce alone. But Oh, Pierce off. Yeah, Pierce off, Jack Gibbs on. Uh, Dante, he says, can Daly coach, sorry, can Daly pick the right team? Woods, Fergo, both out of form and one is a sex pest. Yeah, I, I've i got a firm uh, belief that players who offend off the field shouldn't be allowed back into rep sides, but... That's me. I, I, I'm not convinced Daly can coach. I think Daly would be a very good, maybe a halves coach or kicking coach or, you know, in the areas that he was strong in as a player. But in terms of managing a side, picking the right team, working out tactics, interchanges, everything that goes with it, mm. I no, I don't believe he's a good coach. We've already seen the interchange issues, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah. I, I ran through them last year, the rid- ridiculous interchanges. And at the wrong times, I, I put them on the page. You'd be able to scroll back, scroll back to this time last year, and you'd be able to see it. Yeah. It's for everyone to see. It so. was very detailed, and it was spot on. There's no doubt about that. Tyne and Jones, do you think the DCE plays too off the cuff to suit the Queensland structure play? And that's why he'll continue to be overlooked. Well, we've already seen that it doesn't mix as far as him and Cronk playing together. Um, he likes to be, you know, floating around and be quite dominant and get the ball when he wants. They do play quite structured. He can fit in the future, but he doesn't work with Cronk, that's for sure. Um, that, that definitely doesn't work. Mm. But, uh, moving forward again, he has been okay, but I still think that Norman and Taylor uh, would be the next two up if two were to go down, to be honest. 
Uh, obsolete Stooge, Randy Festus. Why do New South Wales pick Hayne on past origin form, but at the same time keep picking Mitchell Pearce despite his poor origin history? So everyone keeps well, going so it's there. Fair, fair point, but Hayne isn't playing well at the moment. Mitchell Pearce is the form halfback, so you're picking Mitchell Pearce on form. They're picking Hayne on trust. Yeah, and let's be not honest. On, not on, we're not picking Mitchell Pearce on his prior origin form. You're picking Mitchell Pearce on his current, orig- uh, his current club form. He's you're the picking best Hayne based on, yeah the trust that he's going to perform. And I'm not convinced he will, but I hope he does, but I'm just, I'm not convinced he will. No. Nah, and to be honest, I think he's one of the only ones that does deserve some incumbency because but I, he I has would done pick him. so much for us. I agree. I would pick him. Yes. And I, I went through this again. When you go in depth, who else do you pick? Uh, you know, James Roberts is the only other one that's there that I would pick. And I would have put him in, in front of Morris, to be honest. That's just me, but he was obviously left out, but um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot there. And anyone bringing Croker up, honestly, watch the bloke defend and tell me that he deserves to play rep football. He's a great player at club, scores a lot of tries, kicks goals, but he can't defend to save himself. He can't play rep football. Mm. That's the number one thing is your defense in reps. Uh, who else have we got? Adam Stevenson over there in the UK. Did you manage to watch the Magic Weekend Super League? Great concept. I think it would be massive in the NRL. Would you attend? I'd attend, definitely. I have. I watched the first day. I've got the second day, the three games on... Uh, recorded, so I'll watch them at some stage this week, but love the concept. Uh, I love the brand of footy they're playing over there in England at the moment. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I I enjoy for the most part, I enjoy Super League games more than I enjoy NRL games. So, yeah. Mm. The Buckstar, now that Origin is almost upon us, can you boys break out Laurie Daly impression and explain his team selection? A lot of Laurie requests today. I know. I never really thought anyone liked it, because no one yeah. brought nothing up. We used to even ring his brother. I can't remember. Lenny, Lenny Laurie from Tenerfield. He Lenny, played Lenny lots Dale. of club football, captain coach. He yeah. goes where the money is. Well, mate, I can't explain the whole team, but number one, we had to pick Woodsy for beard to hair ratio. Mm. Somebody in the team has to have a beard and long hair and wear a headband, and Woodsy covers all of those areas for the New South Wales team, and he's a good player. He, has, really. a, he has a good team in him, doesn't he? Team. Team. Player, he really influences the P's and the T's, Laurie, and his eyes light up and he nods at you too and stares at you like, are you listening to me, Brock? No, you are not. Mm. I'm high-beaming you right now. He's a strange man. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, I can't pronounce your, your last name, but Sandilowicz, why do you guys know the game, get no coverage, yet former players who never watch games or research get gigs sick of poor channel 9 analysis well jobs for the boys jobs for the boys so I'll take the uh, feedback mate much appreciated but yeah it's just one of those realities of the world we live in uh, much appreciated though and that's all of the fan questions for this week so set of six done power rankings done fan questions done a little bit of origin talk next week when we are back uh, after the weekend's round, we'll obviously look at round 13, but full origin preview yeah. here. We'll go into depth, obviously, leading into the game and uh, break things down and our thoughts heading into it. But uh, reviews of the games from the weekend, we'll punch through these. Cronulla, 18-14 over the Cowboys. Honestly thought that the first 20 minutes, the Sharks were all over them. Um, they were rolling up and down the field. They didn't bank any points. But then after that, same old, same old for them. Errors, penalties, just got themselves camped in their own half and couldn't get out and... They got points, you know, the Cowboys. Morgan looked okay. He floated both sides of the field, which is nice to see. Bolton's been outstanding and not getting any raps. And Tamalolo was epic, but second half, they finally came out. I think they only made two errors for the whole half. Completed. Defense is outstanding. They're the best defensive team in the comp, even with a game in hand, even last week before Melbourne played. Yeah. And that's what's been pushing them through when they've had these poor completions and all these errors. But Fafita was next level. 
he made a line break which set up one of the tries. He also got the quick play of the ball for the other one. The Maloney try was so simple. But the big one for me, Luke Lewis, dead set, his kick pressure. Lachlan Coop, they knew that he was going to do the long kicking for the night without Thurston there. He must have been having nightmares when he got home after that. Yeah. He hit him that many times, and they're all fair and clean, that the kick pressure was outstanding, and none more so than the one right at the end of the game where he trapped him when he got caught in behind his man and he smashed him again. But um, I honestly thought bar that first half where they just couldn't get the football and they were their own worst enemy. I thought they were yeah, better they were. than the Cowboys, and I thought they did fantastically well to come back from basically 14 zip down and win that game. Yeah. Exactly right. Like it, just a game of two halves, wasn't it? It was. It was crazy. 100%. It was an ugly game. Like I, I didn't overly enjoy watching it. Uh, but look, the Cronulla—that's just another gritty win, and they're, they're doing enough. That they, to me, their attack doesn't look as fluent as what it has no. in years gone past. So, the Cowboys are playing so well without with so many injury concerns, and they've lost so many forwards. They're a credit. They 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 really are a credit to the coach and the club, and you know the, the depth and the players that they've got there. I shudder to think at how well they'd be playing if they had Thurston and Scott and their full complement on the field. So I feel good about the predictions we made at the start of the year because these guys underneath those key players uh, or elite players on their on their roster are really really stepping up and they've still got them firmly in the eight just outside the four. So yeah, they've done a really really good. Uh-huh. All, all the forwards that have come in have done a fantastic job. But like I said, for all the time I was brilliant, and he was great again the other night. Scotty Bolton has been epic. Um, no one's given him or paid him any of the credit that he deserves. We've given him a few raps during the weeks, but again the other night, just massive, absolutely massive game from him. But for the Sharks, like I said, Lewis was on the highlight for me. Fafita was brilliant, but I thought Holmes was really, really good, and Bird went looking for the ball, was super busy. So uh, their second half was great. Sums them up. Uh, this week they have to play. They're missing their players. They play the Bulldogs, the Cowboys. They get a bye, and at the right time, the Warriors getting dusted by the Dragons 30-14. to 14. Honestly, the first 10 minutes of this game, I was excited. This was a quick game. There was no errors. No one kicked the ball out. It was flowing. The moment the ball finally went out, there was a try not long after that. Madalino crashed over on his 200th. Just a poor decision on that edge for all the Dragons players. They rushed in. There was four Warriors left. They could have picked a pass, but Madalino went over. But honestly, after that, I don't know what happened. Mm. It was all one way. The offloads, the tackle breaks, the supporter, they just could not tackle. Their defensive structure is awful. They their defensive technique is awful. 57 tackles. And they're soft. They're, 57 tackles. They're defending soft. Oh. Let's be honest. And let's be honest as well. The Dragons didn't do anything outstanding. They didn't. They just punched the holes through them. Vaughn, Packer, Frizzell, DeBellin are all coming off the back fence. McDonald in yardage is underrated again. We've said it a few times. Them in yardage is a unit. They're very, very good. Yeah. Just those key positions, they don't have a whole lot of creativity, but... Uh, the highlight of that was that team trial with McDonald, Lafay, and Firefly Lower. The scoot from Nene McDonald, the offloads between them, the interchanges to score, but in particular, the left-hand side where Sean Johnson's paid, seriously. He needs to leave there. I know he's just signed on again and he's comfortable, but that's the problem. He's way too comfortable there. I think it's a waste of talent and a waste of a career, and we're probably never, ever going to see the best of him. And Agreed. for all the talent and all the things we talk of, he took the easy option again in staying in New Zealand. Some of the kicks he put in, like his kicking game was dog shit. Oh, was the tackling bad. though, and that edge, real his bad. left side got absolutely shredded. Well, they got shredded against Penrith as well. Mm. So, mm. But 50, 57 misses and 20 plus offloads. Vaughn was outstanding again, like we said. All those outside. You could basically mention everyone for the Dragons. Even Kurt Mann impressed me. McCrone, I think, has been really good this year for a bloke that I don't really have no, he has too big wraps on. And even in this time without Widop, I think he's been really good. He has been good. He's had that struggle against the Sharks with the seven tackle sets where he kicked a few dead. But overall, um, he's been more than serviceable. So tick to him and tick to me the other night. But Well, he's just playing to his strengths. It's just simple. And, and 
McGregor's worked out a structure that suits him. 100%. Perfect. It's a very, very simple game plan, but wraps to all the Dragons. You were brilliant. Yeah. Like, to make 57 misses on the Warriors side, though, just piss poor. And someone put up about Kieran for oh, how bad was it? I'm like, how bad was, what's he supposed to do? Your team was awful. Absolutely yeah. dreadful. Your team's done. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's disheartening again. I feel bad for anyone that pushes into the team like that. Nickel Clogstad got another two tries, and he's trying hard, but... You wonder why people go up and they lose their confidence and they struggle in a side like that and the way they're going. That's right. Um, it's, it's pretty hard kind of shoes to step into and fill. But the Warriors, after the performances against the Roosters in the Storm, then to dish this up the last couple of weeks, just same old, same old. And now they'll be the origin killers or the bullies because they come in and they don't have anyone out besides Lilliman. But um, it's hard to get a read on them. And they played Brisbane this week. Ben Hunt apparently back with Milford, but I'll look at that later on when we see the team list. But... That's still not going to be an easy game. No way. Um, if, no. They, if they turn it like they did last week, Brisbane, if they got their halves there and a couple other players like they do, will push them yep. right to the end of the game. Speaking of the Broncos, 36-0. This one doesn't need much air time. The Tigers never had a sniff. Let's no. put it that way. I know they started off kind of in the grind, but you kind of feel that Brisbane were getting at that left edge. They had a few tries tonight over the game. The Tigers, Tedesco, I don't know why people are saying he's in such bad form. He's playing an awful side. Yeah. Every time he touched the ball, they're like, just watch that again. He beats three or four blokes, breaks a couple of tackles, or looks like he's about to just, you know, go the length. I don't know how you can say he's in poor form. And in a rep team, he'll just flourish. But Yeah, he will. He's, um, he's only as good as the players around him. And... Yeah. But honestly, that game the other night, the Sinbin really, really hurt as well when he got Sinbin. They went 24-zip for halftime. But Brisbane, again, just ticking along, doing what they need to do. Poor conditions. They played well to them. Um, and they were lucky enough to be able to pull some players off early. They pulled Gillette. They pulled Boyd. I think they were going to pull McCulloch, but he had that sickening hit that he copped when he went in in the wet there and kind of slipped over. Um, but Nick Arima, I thought he was brilliant again. Milford had one of his better games. Uh, Maguire, there's not a whole lot you can take from this. They were dominated and probably the big thing for me, and I feel bad, is the same guys are trying hard again. Nofaluma, 10 tackle breaks. I think Little had a little good moment there. He got more time than McCurick and made a nice line break. But um, you see a young guy like LOI, I think he's done his knee. Just a moment like that probably sums up what the rest of the year is going to be like for the Tigers. Yeah, agreed. So, agreed, yeah. 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 Tough tough times ahead. Broncos, good. That's, I think, five or six in a row. So. Six in a row, I think. There you so, go, yeah. yeah. They're doing a really good job. And same deal as everyone, banking points for origin when you lose all your players. So yeah. 36 zip for them. They play the Warriors away this week. Tigers, much needed week off to reassess and hopefully get some players back to health. Manly Titans, 30 to 10. I didn't see this coming. No, Tom, no I worries. Did. I, uh, I you, did. you were right, basically. You win games you shouldn't win, and you're tough as, and you're up for it, but then you get a game like this where probably everything's in your favour, and you just roll over. And yep. To be honest, your left side got exposed. They they went there, and that left edge, uh, defensively, Walker, Uate scoring tries, Coruscant looked dangerous, probing over there. Sirenen had a field day, Tapau. Um, there wasn't That's many. That's Haynes' edge as well. There's not many that didn't have uh, you know too much of a field day, but they found points and just probably summing it up is the early one. I love Coruscant and he's such a grinder and he tries so hard. But the early try again where three or four guys miss him and he just crashes in. Yeah, it's awful. It's very very awful. poor. But errors. I, I watched probably 15 minutes of that game and just shut off. But yeah, um, Cherry Evans had a pretty good first half. Trebojevic couldn't have done any more again to sum up why he's moved into those kind of rep realms. But. Um, the Titans, just like we said, winning games that you wouldn't expect, and then one like this pops up. Wrong attitude, too many errors, just well underdone and a very poor effort all around. Exactly. Um, back to the drawing board as far as they're concerned. But Manly just keep impressing me, and I hate saying it. I really do. <laughs> but I actually enjoy watching Manly. Yeah. Manly, like if you could tell me right now, like who would you want to coach out of some of those teams in that middle clump we were talking about, fighting to get in, I would love to be involved with that Manly side. 
they, yeah, they're yeah, really they're digging with each hard, other. Man. They do the simple things right. There's a couple of forwards there, like Winnerstein, again, Sirenen, who I, I happily admit I've ripped on for a long time because I think he's played well under his potential, but they're all playing well. Adam Fenua, Blake, Lawrence, they're just a real no-frills actual team. They look like they're all there for each other. They hunt as a group. I'm quite impressed with Manly. So 30 to 10 without Tommy T, good signs for them moving forward. And, um, you know, they might be a team that sneaks in the bottom of the eight and is a bit of a danger to knock someone off. Maybe they definitely don't think well, they that, can win that's it. what I mean. It's like for the Titans, that's a game you needed to win to push them down the table, and it's a 50-50 game. We lose games to teams around us. Yep, and that's exactly Stupid. one of those teams you're talking about. But yep. Raiders, Eels, 22-16. Uh, speaking again, I wasn't really impressed with this game. The Raiders weren't convincing at all. They gave up the lead after getting it early. They scored late to steal it. Uh, Moses on debut. Thought he was 50-50. Losing Nathan Brown early, who I think has been their best player, and obviously not having Norman there hurts Parramatta. But uh, this game, I think the big thing, Gutherson, Moses, too many seven-tackle sets. The last second, the Raiders held on, but, yeah, I still think they're flat. Papali's been the best thing for them all year. And, again, coming back into that, he was their best player the other night. Kotrick's been a highlight. Croker was solid in game 200, but there's still big problems with Canberra. They need to catch fire. Papali's the only one missing during the origin period. It's time to make a bit of a run, but... I stick by what I've said before. They don't look excited about their football. Boydie's down on form. Leilua's been hot and cold. Just the general dynamic of the forward pack and everyone in the spine, probably besides Whiten. Um, everyone's literally just been absent. Yeah, it's been bad. Paulo's, uh, bad, bad, bad. Paulo and Papali are the two most consistent players along with Whiten, I think. Yeah, Contrick's obviously a rookie and trying to push his claims, but I think he's been really good every Rapana's week. has been good, but yeah. Leilua hasn't been real good inside him, so it's, it's tough to sort of have an impact on the wing there. It's been a harder few weeks for him not getting good service, but he still goes and looks for the ball. But um, mm. overall, the Raiders are a team I keep watching and hoping I'm going to see him explode, but... Again, this is, a, this is a thing everyone sort of, and I said this last week, like they get to the preliminary yeah. final and they go, oh, next year, next year. Well, no. It's, it's this year. This year. You play for this year. Yeah. Eels, I think it's as simple as the forwards are really struggling. Brown going off really did help. And not having Norman there. I don't know what else I could say. Mm. When Norman's not there, they're not the same side. Moses can't do enough to help Gutherson. Gutherson's not a genuine six. Uh, Corey Norman is the key to that side. Yeah, agree. Mo, Mo, nice to see him come to some kind of form, but again, he's a product of the ball that he gets. I mean, Norman's not there, he doesn't get good service. So, yeah, hard for them, but another loss and this week they play Souths. Uh, I don't know what the lineups are yet, we're going to have to look, but Jennings might be on an injury cloud, I don't know about Brown. Well, Jennings is out. So that yeah. hurts, Even and Norman out, and I don't know about Brown either. So they don't have anyone in origin, but that really hurts just losing players in general for Parramatta. Yeah. Uh, and Canberra, they play the Roosters. They're only missing Papali. Roosters still have a very good side, even missing five players. So that's not going to be easy. And if they play anything like they have been, where they go in and out of games, the Roosters might get them. Although at least push them, much like the Broncos will push the Warriors. But Penrith, 30-20 over Newcastle. First half, honestly, they were disgraceful. Um, they were flat. They didn't, didn't look like they want to be there. They got ran over by an A-grade side in Newcastle. Daniel Safidi, he's been playing out of his skin. Brock Lamb, I really think that if there was a decent forward pack and another guy next to him, would be he's, he's the future for them. Mm-hmm. Um, just the same old, same old. There's little things there. Matadi run a beautiful line, but at 14-0 at halftime and so deserving, you just see what you always see, and we talked about it before. They don't have the experience. They don't have the older heads. Uh, their bodies aren't up for it. They can't play a full idea, and they're not consistent enough. And in the second half, Penner thought they did what they did in round two. They just bullied them. Yeah. Like Marion and Tame ran all over them, established things in the middle, Moylan got to play off the back of it. It had a couple of little moments, um, and basically they just won easily. But the thing that kills me, and you kept highlighting it, anyone that's calling out for Nathan Cleary and he's not playing well, 
pause the game and look when he takes on the line what's around him. There's nothing with him when no. he runs the football. When he goes to the line, there's no one inside, there's no one outside, there's no shapes. What do you expect him to do? You can't send the poor little bugger in there. And then on the flip side of that, watch him defend. He's a tough bastard. He puts his body on the line every week. But I don't know what's happened there, if it's the coaching or the assistance. I don't know what it is. But the attack's horrible. Mm. It it's is. absolutely horrible. The defense right. isn't much better and their attitude's not that great. And I don't know why they keep coming out in second halves. Um, but that's the one thing for me. The attack is still horrible and Nathan's not getting the help he needs. The most important thing is they won. That's it. They two weeks in a row now uh, into a bye. So let's see how they come out after two weeks off. Yep, and uh, Wallace missing four to six weeks. Not gonna, after... Well, they're going to get rain in, so that may change the face of the whole Penrith side. If rain comes in, plays well. He plays direct. Yeah, and what, but what I'm saying is you may find that uh, Cartwright will move out of the halves. You put Wallace back into the halves. That helps clear out a little bit. Like, it may change. An injury is as good as... You know, uh, dropping someone really because yeah. it gives someone else an opportunity. And well, the question is, and we don't see it this week: Does he pick Rain? Because he doesn't even have him on the bench at the moment, and he put you Peachy to, there. So no, you have to pick. Rain. Does he? You know, I, I wouldn't put it past Especially. Griffin. Griffin Love was just putting random blokes in random spots. So, uh, and the the Cartwright experiment's got to end at five. Yeah, that's it's well and truly done. It never should have been revisited for the finals last year. I can understand because they had nobody else. But right now, honestly, what are you doing? It just makes no Poor sense. behaviour. Roosters. 24 to 18 over the Dogs. Uh, that left edge, much like round two again, they absolutely killed him. Latrell Mitchell, he had a field day. Kiri was digging right in the line, engaging defenders. Tupo got over, Cordner, etc. Um, I think their pack's been really good, especially Rhea Hargraves. I can't believe he didn't play for New Zealand. And Toki Aho, but they just done what they've kind of done all year, to be honest. I didn't really see a whole lot from the Bulldogs. It scared me. I thought the Roosters just flicked the switch off when they got a lead. and uh, They were lucky to win, to be honest, but... By that Parramatta game, they've done this before. They get a lead, they switch off, they do enough just to end it late. But Mitchell Pearce, again, what else would you want from him? He, he forced repeat sets, he scored a try, the game winner. He set another one of them up. I don't know what else you could want from the bloke to prove again that he's the form halfback for New South Wales. Yeah, agreed. Well, the, I don't know. He, well, he scored the game winner, that's right. He took the he, game by the short and curlies and couldn't have done any more than what he did. No, but I know people may disagree, and I've seen some power rankings out there for NRL.com and others, and they don't have them that high, but their squad, their bench... The Roosters? Yeah, they have them like fourth or fifth. Jesus. I think the upside... Who's ahead of them? Oh, God, that's exactly it. Uh, but the upside in the bench, and the one thing, people underrate that, and I said it the other year, I think they've got one of the best benches in the comp. And there's guys that miss out for there that would start or play on the bench for other teams. Well, you look at the side they can run out now when, with all these players out. Yeah, well, Tedavano, Madison, Tokiaho have all been playing off the bench coming to start this week. Exactly. And they play most other sides. And Carter, he's You've an got a case. Like Mitchell Orbison. Mm. And he pushes in the centres for you. They've got a bunch of kids. Nat Butch has only just come back from being injured. Lindsay Collins has been playing well in cup. Nick Arima's been playing well in cup. They've got plenty going on for they them. They do. So I don't know what people are talking about. But the bench and depth is more important than anything. And I look at them and I think they've got the best of both. Mm. So that's the reason why I think so highly. The dogs, I'm not impressed again, to be honest. I don't know what they're doing. Matt Frawley is basically a professional NFL kicker. He's just coming to kick the ball. Moses in by still looks lost. Uh, he basically runs or he does nothing. It's the first time I saw a little glance of, of the leisure that I know. He ran the football a little bit, took things by his own, but no one pushes up with him. Mm. So it doesn't really help. But the Bulldogs all in all. Their effort's good. The Bulldogs' effort's good. Yeah, 100%. The tactics are poor, though. They're very, very poor. Um, I thought Josh Jackson was fantastic. The Morrises were okay on that side of the field, but Jackson's probably one of the only guys each week that stands out to me. Yeah, I agree. Graham, I thought Leisha had a better game. Yeah, and again, I think I don't know if they've said now because he's on the outer, like do everything you have to do or look for another club, but 
I saw glances of the bloke that I used to see. Yeah. Um, he ran the football and he probed a bit, but no one pushes up. So no. um, they missed out on that one. People complain about that touch from Michael Gordon. I don't know if I'm going to read a whole lot into it. It's one of those 50 50s. It's better than a blatant, uh, you know, replay for a try decision for a drop ball or something like that or an offside. But yeah, dogs were tough, but I still think the Roosters were the better side. And this week, they play the Raiders and the dogs play Cronulla, missing a couple of players. The last game of the round, it was the Storm and South. I'm going to be honest again, I thought this was a terrible game. Ordinary, my friend. Ordinary. Hard to watch. We were looking forward to it, uh, but fast-forwarded through most of it, didn't we? Because it was so poor. So. Oh, just scrums, error, penalty, error, penalty. Melbourne started with a bang. Chambers scored that try, and then they went a little bit flat. They got another one late from Addo Carr on the other side of the field, but kind of felt they were just packing down and changing the ball from side to side from each other. Melbourne had to defend their line for parts of the game, but... Again, South's tactical again. Robbie Farrell didn't see a whole lot from Reynolds. Walker at fullback, he was okay, but seemed a little bit disinterested. And Sutton at six, you know what he's going to do. He's going to run the football. Yeah. So they didn't dish up a whole lot that surprised Melbourne. It was an ugly win, but a win nonetheless. I'm sure at nine and two, they're not really fussed after that game. They've banked their points. They only need to win a handful more to get in the finals. So I'm not really concerned about it. There was a lot of uncharacteristic errors, though, and we got penalised. There was 13 errors and eight penalties. Munster in particular got pinned a few times and Tohu I know he's fresh back and he doesn't have the gas in his legs but he got pinned a few times as well so um, ugly win but a win nonetheless that's right. about all I can take out of that one for Souths there's only two guys I can mention basically every week and that's Sam Burgess he dropped a few balls but he's outstanding Angus Crichton though I said at the start of the year I thought he should have been starting I couldn't believe he wasn't in the team to start with yeah. um, but I think there's enough there now for a guy that still barely knows rugby league to say that he's a bona fide first grader he's a real good football player but South's good opportunity this week. They play Parramatta. They're a little bit weakened, obviously, there. And Melbourne have the bye. And uh, well-deserved with a couple of guys in origin. Not as many as usual, but not complaining that they've got the week off considering, you know, Bromwich has been missing and a couple other guys in and out. So that wraps up that. But there's all your questions answered. Set of six game reviews, power rankings. Brock, you're departing. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to go and have some uh, ribs at Hurricanes at top right. That's it. Good times. Bang. So dinner we've had booked in for a little while, but... Oh, R- Roberto Hillier. Yep, and I've got a bit of a gap now between getting Mr. Gossip on, but he will join us with all the dirt, his thoughts on the Origin teams, and we'll do our tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And we welcome back everybody's favourite. It's Mr. Gossip. What's happening, Chomp? Mate, it's all Origin now, isn't it? It's, I can't believe we're here already. Mate. Jeez, it's come quick this year. Oh, it has been a quick year. There's no doubt about that. And before we do start on uh, any of the dirt and the tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com, we will talk about the Origin sides. Me and Brock touched on a little bit. Obviously, next week we'll do our big preview and we'll get you on for that as well and have a more in-depth chat. But teams, first of all, New South Wales, your thoughts? Mate, I've been listening to uh, the media all day today, radio, TV, both sides of the border. Um, look, I don't get paid for my comments. I don't work for Triple M. I work for Channel 9, so I can be pretty honest. But uh, I think, well, definitely what's happened with Queensland has been an absolute kick in the guts of Billy Slater. Yeah. Um, it's it's appalling, really. Um, and, you know, Queensland has been talking loyalty for, for a long time. It's their backbone. Now it's gone, absolutely gone. I, I just I can't believe they've done it to him. 
Um, I'm not a Queensland, I couldn't give a shit really, but I, I'm shocked, I'm still shocked. Yeah, well, I think... It, it's it's I'm I'm happy from a Melbourne point of view because I would <laughs> kind of hoped after two years and the injuries that he was going to focus solely on the Storm, but at the same time I appreciate the fact that in my eyes and again it might sound biased, but most people would agree he's the best fullback I've ever seen. He could be the yes. best fullback of all time, and his form I didn't expect him to be where he is. Like, I'm not saying he's the best fullback in the comp right now, but he's definitely up to rep standard the way he has been playing after having so long out. So. With in- of course he is, yes. Any, yeah. Anyone that's watched any game of football uh, this year where he's returned can see that he's back to his best. He doesn't need a few more games. It's 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 a kick in the gut to him. And I, a couple of weeks ago I saw a, an interview on Fox Sports with um, Darius Boyd and the interview asked him the question, you know, if you were the coach, what would you do with Billy Slater? And, and he even said, I'd play myself on the wing and put Billy at fullback. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... Mate, I, I'm lost for words for one, mate. I just I can't believe it. Yeah, well, I think that one surprised me. And if anything, I'm happy as a New South Welshman as well because I think they're more dangerous yeah. considering Inglis is gone. Uh, and they could have had both of those guys. But Justin O'Neill, to me, stood out as a guy. I don't know how he was part of the Australian squad. I don't know how he's in this side, incumbency or not. Gagai, Chambers, the thought of having Holmes in there who also missed out for Oates. I get a lo- little bit of loyalty to him, but he hasn't been playing that great. Lots of errors in his game, but... O'Neill, no Slater, and the fact they kept Miles and Lilliman. Lilliman's serviceable, but Miles is injured on the weekend and has barely played for his club. I can't believe they turned down Wallace and Hess, an opportunity to blood two young guys who are probably part of the long-term setup because they just don't have the depth or the numbers that New South Wales do. So that, that really surprised me. Yeah, it's, I'm bewildered. And I guess Gene, Gene Miles would be off Billy Slater's Christmas card. This, I can guarantee you that. But... Um, yeah, onto the New South Wales side as well. Look, um, I, I have my reservations as always about Mitchell Pearce. Um, he's had his chance at Origin and he's blown it. And just because he's had good club form, does that mean that all of a sudden he's a, he's a rep player? I, I don't think that, that a light just switches on and all of a sudden you're a rep player. He's already proven that he's not. So I think that's a backward step. But then again, who else do you put there? There's not much others going around. So um, Aaron Woods as well. I thought that was a, a stupid call. Um, look, I, I could pick a lot of faults into it, but all the professionals, all the experts seem to think it's the great side. But I think that there's, there's holes in both sides. But we'll just wait and see. Well, I had 14 of the 17. So in the time that Laurie Daly's been there, I must say this is the closest... I've come to being happy. I'm still not happy. And the way it was selected as well, Josh Jackson starting, um, you know, picking Brett Morris again, Bird not being in the centres. There was a few things I didn't agree with from that point of view. And Wade Graham on the bench was pointless. It's like when he put Corden yeah, there. Corden played there the other year and then he tried to play him as a tight player. Corden is the best back row we have, rightfully so. He's now our, our captain. But um, Wade Graham, just put him on the right. And this bullshit people yeah. go left and right. We, me and Brock spoke about this earlier. I'm a football player, he's a football player. They preach to us when we did junior rep, 16s, 18s, 20s. We work on catch, pass, and versatility, and you have to be able to play both sides of the field. So anyone out there who has no idea about rugby league or watches a game and just buys into the, oh, he only plays left, that's bullshit. Every football player, they do it for a full-time gig. They know how to play both sides of the field. Um, He's a ball player, he's tough, he offers a kicking game. You would have had him in Cordner. I've got no problem with Fizzell starting, but for the bench, I would have probably had him there for impact and had Trebojevic, because Trebojevic off the bench, it doesn't make sense to me. He's not an impact player. He can take the sting out of things. 
You know, he's good around the middle. He does the dirty work. So uh, him or Jackson starting at lock would have made sense to me just to do some work. But Frizzell, DeBellin, Clemmer, Jackson would have been my bench. And, um, yeah, but I, I guess, again, Laurie Daly's disappointed me plenty of times. So the fact he picked 14 of what I was thinking, and no offense to Peter Wallace, but him getting injured I was happy about because I can't believe we were going to pick him or Farah over Pete's on McInnes and finally move on. Um, Agreed. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's a confusing one. But let's put it yeah. this way. I don't know if you agree or not. I look at their side and who they picked. I think they've basically left it for us to win. Even though I don't think we're 100% right, we have to win yeah. the series. Yeah, when the Queensland side was picked, I turned to um, the other guys that worked in our gossip with me and said, well, this is this is ours to lose. Uh, then when our squad was named, I thought, oh dear, we could be even here. But um, look, it's, it's, it's ours to lose. But having said that, two games in Queensland, um, they've, they've got to start favourites even though they're not with the bookies. Um, my money would still be on Queensland, but um, I guess it all depends if Thurston does play that first game. I reckon he will. Um, I had an interview this afternoon with Cameron Smith. He reckons that he will play, but I don't know. We'll just wait and see. Well, if he does play, hopefully we test out those snake shoulders and absolutely hammer him, put boy coordinator in my say, but... Um, on Origin, again, we'll come back to that next week. We'll do our full in-depth preview of the game. But, mate, what has been happening? Is there much been cooking in the gossip bag? Yeah, it's, um, around Origin time, it usually goes obviously a little bit quiet, but there's a few things still cooking. Uh, will Chambers looks like he will re-sign with Melbourne. They've offered him a massive deal, $2.1 million over three years, which is unlike the Storm to throw that sort of money, but they've got that money in the kitty. Mate, Will Chambers, are you happy with that? I've got no problem with that, and I think, again, you talk about money. I think this is a reward. Um, he left after initially being with us when he wasn't a rep player, went to play Union, called back up, said, I want to come home. He had an opportunity when he became a rep player to leave last time, took unders, and basically admitted in the press conference, I've learnt my lesson. I know with my bread's butter, I get good service here, etc. So I think long-term service, you know, kind of re-signing for less last time when he could have taken a lot more. They've got the money, like you said, in the kitty. I'm sure this is a bit of a pat on the back and a reward for what he has become, which is a Queensland and Australian representative. He's a little bit older, um, but at the same time, there's not many quality centres anymore. It's a position that's dying. So I have no problem with Melbourne paying uh, Will Chambers. Yep, no, fair enough. On to Dan Gagai. We've mentioned in the past couple of weeks, it's finally confirmed that he's off to the Berries, but that leaves Newcastle with $3 million to play with. Wow. Um, I did, yeah, I did mention two weeks ago that they're after rain. They still are. They're also after... Darcy Lustig as well. Um, mate, I, I should have brought a list on tonight with me of who is off contract. I might do that next week. But Newcastle, $3 million. That's a lot of money to play with. Um, off the top of your head, who would be the first you would sign? Well, mate, I know it's unlikely in the Bulldog situation. They're basically throwing cold water on it. But if the salary cap doesn't come into what it's supposed to be, and there's pressure on any club. It's got to be the dogs. Uh, the reports are that Graham's back-ended deal because he had a bit less early on. He's close to $950,000 next season. And even if he's only got one more year, I'm sure he wants to be there. I'm sure the dogs want in there. But if I'm Newcastle, I'm coming in with an offer of like a million dollars, four years. I don't care if you probably see the back end of him. He's not that great for culture, for the kids, for rebuilding that club and just everything that James Graham's about. They need somebody like that just in that group because the kids are really, really good and um, thinking about who's off contract now, you're talking about, I had a look the other day. There's not a whole lot there. Tyron Roberts is off. He's already been there, though. They're not going to bring him back. Like, you've got Lamb. I, I don't know if they can offload Hodkinson a year early, but I think that's what he's trying to do by dropping him to cup. And I don't blame him because he didn't sign him himself. But 
honestly think they should wait to next year unless there is somebody they're keen on or that salary cap figure comes in late and there's a couple of clubs that have to push players out that they're interested in. But I wholeheartedly support Nathan Brown. Lots of people are still yelling out, go and sign somebody. Why sign someone for the sake of it? That's why they ended up in the situation they were in the first place. And you said it the other way. We're not going to buy someone reactively who doesn't want to be here just to get a payday, who gets a three-year deal, and then within 12 months, we've got to push him out the door. So, um, That's right. And, and, and Brownie's there to start a culture from scratch. You've got to remember that they had a different owner a couple of years ago. They had a different coach a couple of years ago, and Wayne Bennett, who totally screwed him around. So um, we've seen coaches over the years being dealt a bad card, like when Cleary went to Penrith and now he's the Tigers, but Brownie just started with absolute poo. Um, and I, I thought... I commended him last week uh, when he took the strong stance against um, the Rostog. Um, I think that's brilliant to start that sort of culture. And just to touch on what you said before about um, James Graham, he would be a fantastic signing for the night. He's a tough bastard, just like the former night forwards of Paul Harrigan in, in years gone past and Tony Butterfield and all them legends. He's a tough bastard. He'd fit in with the culture. He's a working class man. No real the, the town would love him, but... Um, yeah, we're hearing that, that uh, Desi's already promised him a gig next year, but if he went to Newcastle, that would be massive. I would love that. I think they would let him go for the service he's given if Newcastle made the right offer. So I'm putting the ball back in Newcastle's court. I know they've said they've talked to the dogs. No one deals with clubs. I'd just go straight to his manager, straight to him. They have to go. If they're going to go in all in for somebody, it's got to be somebody like that, like a, an absolute game changer. It won't change your team instantly, but you want to talk about culture and building a club. That's the kind of person I want around those kids. And their 20 side's really good. Nick Meaney uh, picked for New South Wales, 20s young fullback, 20s eligible, playing cup, played in the residence team, which basically means he's on the fringe of first grade. Sam Stone's 20s eligible. They have a great little hooker, Tommy Starling, who's already played New South Wales Cup out of their 20s. Um, these good things are going to keep happening. And in mats and ball the last few years, they've been in grand finals. They're in the mats uh, grand final again this year, I'm pretty sure. It's just a matter of getting a big name like that and then getting a few more to follow. And uh, I think when they finally do get that first big name or quality player, that others will follow. Yes, the others will just follow through. So, yeah, fingers crossed for Newcastle fans out there because it disheartens me on the weekend again. They put in a great effort. They don't deserve to lose those games, but they're just so young, inexperienced. They have a lot of guys with a lot of NRL games under their belt, and they burn out. Uh, you know, 80 minutes in the NRL yeah. is a long time. It's, a lot, uh, it's very hard to close games out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one I'm looking forward to getting your opinion on is Kurt Mann. Hasn't been offered a deal for next year. Lots of UK Super League teams chasing him. He's only 24, so I'd hate to lose him to the UK. Uh, do you, where do you see his future, mate? Would you like him, like him to stay in Oz? I'm surprised the Dragons haven't made an offer, but a lot less, obviously, than what they have. But they've got their own salary cap squeeze going on. They upgraded to Bellin, upgraded Vaughan. Yep. Obviously, that led to Packer leaving, Hunt. Widop, they initially offered less than his original deal of 600. He got a million. Um, you know, they've spent a lot of money, so I can kind of understand, but uh, it's way too early to be leaving. And to, uh, the last few weeks, he actually hasn't been too bad at six, but there's yeah, a. He has been playing well. I thought he'd been playing well the past couple of weeks. At yeah. 24, too young to get the UK, surely. There's enough football in him, especially from his time in the Melbourne system. He's played six, fullback, wing, centre. There's enough there to be playing at NRL side. Surely somebody's interested in. I'm quite surprised, like I said, the Dragons haven't made a reduced offer, but then again, I know that they've got six or seven kids in these junior 20 sides, a couple of good guys in cups, so maybe they just want to keep a couple of uh, younger kids for a lot less, so I can't blame them there, but someone in Australia surely is keen, 24 is way too young, and I've mentioned this before, that I hate 
guys of his age leaving this early who yeah. haven't had a lot of opportunity because this is the reason why I don't think we can expand because we can't afford to keep these guys because they get to that point, they're not playing first grade, the money's average, and then there's the UK Super League, so they just bail out. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I hate, I'd hate to lose him. And you mentioned the Dragons. That's a good segue to the next one. Getting plenty of emails about this. I can't see it happening. I think it's absolutely false, but I'll mention it anyway just so we can have a yarn about it. Latrell Mitchell, Dragons seem keen. I don't know how they're going to fit him in the cap. Having said that, they offered uh, Dugan about 800k. I think Latrell Mitchell would cost more than that, to be honest. Um, it'd be interesting. Yeah, well, I think I pour the water on this like I did about the South on the other week. If you think the Roosters are going to let go of a prodigious talent yeah. like that, uh, it's once in a lifetime. Does it come to fruition? No, talent doesn't develop and doesn't work out the way you always want it to. But he's still 20s eligible. He's a kid. Uh, he had a bit of a mental lapse the other week. The two games since he's been back, he's just throwing blokes around like absolute ragdolls. And um, they've got him locked up till 2019 from my memory. So... I doubt. Yeah, yeah, he won't be going to South, and he definitely won't be going to the Dragons. And look at them next year. Kenny Dow is going to be out the door. Tupo might get to stay as a product of that. But if Gordon gets pushed out as well, they're going to need some blokes to hang around. And he's already locked up. They won't be letting him walk. Yeah, I, look, I, I can't see Nick Pilatus letting him go. But having said that, I did say the same thing about Roger Tuivasa-Shep, and he went. But um, worth a yarn anyway. Um, one that surprises me, mate, on the Bulldogs is they're chasing Paul Carter. What a journey when he's been here, there and everywhere, the dope. Well, I'll tell you what, they'd be back to square one because uh, he started there in the 20s and he was one yeah. of their best players and uh, there was him and I can't remember the bloke from the Titans that I really, really liked. He ended up going to the Super League as well, unfortunately, but there was two guys in Cup. Carter was one of them that I just thought, how do you not get a game? And Obviously, when he finally left, he, he killed it. But he just kept finding trouble. He found trouble at the Titans. He found it at South yeah. and uh, at the Roosters. They're that loaded. They haven't had to use him a lot. So I'd love to see him in first grade. But you've hit the nail on the head. Behaviour's the problem. So um, whether he, whether he uh, makes the move again, he probably gets more opportunity. But it's just a matter of whether he can keep himself on the right track. Because otherwise, yeah. if he can, he should have played 100-plus games by now. That's right. I mean, look, it's, it's a sponsor's not. I mean, I wouldn't personally touch him. But... Um yeah, it'd be good to see him go back there. Yeah, well, like I said, under-20s, he one of their best players for a couple of years. Played uh, more of a 13-type role. He's obviously played nine and a few other different spots now, but uh, that'd be him coming full circle, I think. He, he was there for a lot of years for his junior football. Yep. Mate, I get a lot of emails of what's happening with Ben Barber. People telling me he's a done deal at the Bulldogs. I can tell you one thing, he will not be in the NRL next year. He will be not be at the Bulldogs. And I think he will be in the UK Super League, but he's not going to be in the NRL Facebook and Twitter pages saying that he's almost a dumb deal with the Bulldogs. That's absolute dog poo. Yeah, well, I think that relationship, regardless of the player turnover, uh, is one that is untenable and won't happen again. And number two, everybody forgets about the 12-game ban. That doesn't start until he yep. comes back. So Correct. Unless it's a real desperate club or a Newcastle who sees that they can do something with him. But even them, they're not in a position no. to touch somebody like him. So if anyone would do it, it'd be an established club who's got money and got the time and I think the Sharks was his last straw in the NRL, to be honest. Yeah. All right, last one for the night, mate. Tui Lola here is a done deal at the Tigers probably next week, probably Wednesday, I'm hearing. So, Tigers fans, stop tweeting me, please. 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there. there you go. Mister Gossip says, "Piss off with your questions about Tui Lola here." But mate, does that mean that Tamari Martin will be heading to New Zealand? We kind of heard that it was a domino effect, and we spoke about it between. Uh, that's what they're waiting. Yeah, that's what they're waiting on, pal. A uh, few naughty incidents at Penrith that I will not say because I don't get sued. But um, yeah, he's out of favour with a lot of the players at Penrith, and he's on the outer and looks like he will be at the Warriors. Well, I think I've read about what you're talking about and couldn't figure out who it was, but I think I've now just put two and two together for a lot of rumours that I've been hearing about a, a, yeah. a certain player and his, his uh, activities off the field. So uh, yeah, that makes more good. sense. That, that makes allegedly. a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, let's say that. Yeah. Well. He, was, he was playing fairly good football. He was probably the best panther against uh, the Melbourne Storm uh, quite a few weeks back now, but uh, was playing good football, I thought, and just dropped for no reason. I thought everyone could put two and two together, but uh, yeah, yeah. He, look, he, he obviously started at the at the Warriors. He'll go back there play uh, with Sean Johnson, who he knows very well. So well, we'll see how he goes. Good luck to him. Well, let's put it this way: fingers crossed, it's not the death of his career because I've basically yeah. said that for Kiwi boys to go back there, it generally is the end of their good form. Um, yes, you know Isaac yeah, Luke's been yeah. poor. Um, you know Sheck, I think he's trying hard enough. He's still making the meters, but the troops around him—it's not like the setup he had at the Roosters. So they're not making him flourish the way he should be. But fingers crossed that Tohu Harris, Tamari Martin aren't two more added to that list that go back to New Zealand and do struggle. Yeah, let's just hope for the Warriors' sake he doesn't cost too much money because really uh, they've got to buy some uh, the props or they've got to buy some bulk because their four packs are just a little bit skinny for my liking. Very unwarriors like. Yep, and I said the same thing at the start of the year. I like the spine, I like the back line, but looking at that forward pack, I don't see who in there is really going to step up week to week besides Madalino. He missed the first eight weeks and now he's leaving, so it's not really up to him. Um, uh, imagine James Graham there. Wouldn't he sort out the bro? Oh, mate, James Graham in that setup. Oh, there'd be some skulls cracks, let me tell you. Imagine. That's probably what they need. Oh, mate, that and a Cooper Cronk, I know that spoke about for years, getting an Australian half in there or someone of that kind of influence. Those kind of two to turn things around would be massive. But uh, I've seen Ryan Hoffman age about 10 years in the couple of years he's been there just from going from a Melbourne setup to there and just being dumbfounded almost sometimes when he's interviewed at what he's dealing with. He looks like one of the golden girls now. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, brilliant. But, uh, mate, if that's all the gossip, we now move on to the tips. We all got six last week. We tipped the same rounds. So i uh, absolutely kicking myself. I talked about the Dragons and I talked myself out of it because of the halves and uh, they ended up having a great win. But we all got six. So 53, me and Brock are tied up. You are on 59. These odds, all the tips brought to you by William Hill Dot com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Uh, starting things off, we'll just have a quick look at the state of origin odds. As you mentioned, whether Thurston plays or not, the game is in Queensland. So with William Hill, $1.75 are the Maroons. Uh, the Blues are $2.10. Minus two is the line. One to 12 is my favorite in this one. I don't even look at 13 plus. One to 12 is two ninety for the Blues, two fifty five for Queensland. Mate, if you had to have a bet for game one, what would it be? Well, I pick Queensland to win. Let's put it that way. Up in Queensland, we don't win up there too often, and we we don't necessarily win game one all that often either. So I'd uh, go Queensland to win. Like you said, you wouldn't go any overs. It'd be a close game. So probably um, yeah, Queensland by two. Yeah. Well, if you went the one to twelve, two dollars fifty-five. I think they've probably got it about right. Um, we're slight outsiders just because it is at Queensland, but I think we have the team to get the job done. Whether it happens or not is a different story. But moving on to the shortened round 
this week and uh, the lineups for these games. The first game we have is South Sydney versus the Parramatta Eels. They've lost Michael Jennings, so Brad Sakarengi moves back into that spot. Otherwise, they are unchanged, plus their extended bench. South's completely unaffected by Origin. Unchanged lineup. From what I've seen from Parramatta and what I've seen from South, I'm going to have to go with South Sydney. Not with a whole lot of confidence, but uh, Parramatta, besides Nathan Brown, I haven't liked much that they've had to do with their forwards. And when Norman's not there, they're just not the same side. Yeah, and they're only strike weapons, Jennings in the centres, and I think he's out for a month, I read somewhere today. Um, South played well, I thought, against the Storm. They've had a terrible month, but I uh, thought they played really well um, against Melbourne, um, although they do always seem to play well in Perth. Parramatta, just, they're all over the shop, so you're going to go to the Bunnies. Yep, and Brock, he's also gone with the Bunnies, so clean sweep there with WilliamHill.com, $1.75 for Souths, $2.10 for the Eels, minus 2 is the line one to twelve South three dollars three forty for the Eels thirteen plus South three seventy five and thirteen plus for Parramatta is five dollars. Moving on to the second game, it is the Warriors, the most unreliable team in the comp. Uh, they go up to play Brisbane, who have an absolute swag of changes with Origin representation. Oates out, Boyd McCulloch with concussion is going to miss a week. Anthony Milford, Gillette, Maguire, Thigh Day. It is the biggest list. I have ever seen. So the reshuffle is Kahu at fullback. Pearson gets a wing spot. Centers are as usual. Mead gets a wing. Benji Marshall and Ben Hunt get put in the halves, and Nick Arima gets moved back to the bench, which really surprises me. Um, yeah, that, that doesn't make much sense to me. But uh, Herman Asoso has been outstanding. Him and Blair in the front row. Travis Waddell, who's been basically hiding in Q Cup for two years, plays nine. Jaden Sewer, he's the Queensland 20s captain. Fantastic player. He comes back into the back row of Glenn and Sims in the bench. George Fire will make his debut. Offer Hengawi, Jai Arrow, and Nick Arima's in 18. So um, the fact he's named in 18 and Joe Boyce, who hasn't yeah. played at all, is in 17 surprises me as well. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's just a hard one to pick. I, I, I swore last week I would never pick the Warriors again, but looking at that Broncos squad, it's, it's hard not to pick them. But, you know, the, the Warriors, they lost to a depleted Dragon side. So I'm an absolute dope, and I'm going to pick the Warriors. Well, I'm going to pick the Warriors as well. Uh, not a what whole. What are we doing, mate? Exactly. What are we doing? And Fox has done the same thing. Give ourselves oh. all triples. But honestly, if they can't beat this side with a couple of debutants over in New Zealand, like what else could you have going in your favour? Dead set. And yeah. you know they don't call them the Origin bullies for nothing. They've only lost Lilium and they've got the rest of their side there, so they should get the job done. And with William Hill, they're a dollar forty favourite to do so. The Broncos are three dollars minus seven and a half is the line. 1 to 12 Warriors, 290, 410 for the Broncos. 13 plus for the Warriors is 250, 850 for the Broncos, 13 plus. Sharkies, dogs on Saturday. Uh, I kind of thought the Sharks <clears throat> would look a bit weaker with the players they're missing, but to be honest, I'm still quite impressed. No for feeder, Bird Maloney, and Graham. Pryor comes back in with Heinington in the front row. Farmanu Brown, who's going to be moving to the Bulldogs next year, plays six. Edric Lee gets a wing. Beal, Latelli in the centres, Fecky, Holmes, um, you know, Luke Lewis is still there, Paul Gallen's still there, Bakuya, Tagatizi. You look at the dogs, they're a bit same old, same old, but the replacements, Fualo comes into lock uh, with Clemmer missing, Brett Morris' spot taken by Montoya, who I can't believe got dropped. I thought he was fantastic when he was playing first grade and Greg Eastwood starts again in the back row. So looking at these two, it's at Shark Park. I know this year they've been pretty ordinary there. I'm happy to tip the Sharks missing their origin players. Yeah, I, geez, I hate Origin time, I really do. Why don't we just stop club footy? This is terrible. Um, yeah, I'll pick the Sharks as well, mate. But, uh, what are the odds? 
Mate, the odds on this one, the Sharks are the favourites. They are a dollar fifty six favourites, um, and I'm not surprised because when I looked, kind of probably speaks to where they've got to at this point with a little bit of depth and where they're at uh, with their side. But dollar fifty six with William Hill are the Sharks. The Dogs are two forty five minus four and a half is the line. One to twelve, the Sharks three dollars three sixty five for the Dogs. Thirteen plus for the Sharks three ten, and thirteen plus for the Dogs is six dollars and. Uh, just on what you said, I said it to Brock. I'm doing the New South Wales Cup on the weekend. Wyong, the best team in the comp so far this year, they get Beautiful. pillaged because of the origin period because now the Roosters are going to take four or five of the best players. So um, a game between them and Mounties who are loaded with Raiders players, which would be a great game, has also been affected by the knock-on effect of State of Origin. So, um, yeah, Wyong, my local team up here, and um, get, they get a good crowd too. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'm just disappointed. I don't get to watch him full strength. This origin period has an effect on all grades, unfortunately. So uh, they, they, they might actually get a bigger crowd than the Roosters, bloody do. Mm, well, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. That would be hard. Yeah, that's it. I understand what the feeder system is for, but still, um, it's not good when you go to watch a game like that. That should be, you know, the, the game of the week, but it is going to be hurt. But speaking of yeah. that Rooster side, they play the Raiders. The Raiders only missing Papali, so no massive changes to them. Joseph Tapine moves into the back row. Otherwise, unchanged on the Rooster side. Guerra, Ferguson, Cordner, Napa and Pierce are all out in the back line. Orbison pushes to the centres to cover for Blake Ferguson. Watson moves into the halves with Luke Keary. Up front, Kane Evans gets a start. Ryan Madison and Tokiaho are the back row with Tedavana. Lock, honestly, the players they can bring in, this is the reason I like them so much for the Premiership. They could play at most other clubs. And the bench, Isaac Liu is back this week. Lindsay Collins has absolutely been killing it for Wyong. Don't know much about him, but look forward to watching him. Chris Smith, uh, Nat Butcher, who hopefully I'll finally get to see. He's one of the best players I've ever seen come out of the 20s. He's an absolute gun. Um, I could honestly bring myself to tip the Roosters. I won't, purely on a lot of combinations changing, but I don't think Canberra, with the way they've been playing, are going to have an easy day. I will tip them, but I don't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, they uh, played pretty ordinary, although they won last week against Parra. I'm going to tip the Raiders, but like you said, with zero confidence, really. Yeah, it's very hard to see, uh, you know, where things are coming from. Just the the interest in the game. There seems to be a lack of interest from half the blokes. I don't know where the spark has gone, but William Hill has them favourites at home, which is a big thing. $1.46 are the Raiders. Two seventy five the Roosters. Minus 6.5 is the line. 1 to 12 Raiders, $3, $4 Roosters. 13 plus Raiders, two seventy, and 13 plus for the Roosters is... $7. So we've all tipped the same thing. Uh, hard to tell with these rep rounds, and it's awkward because actually some of these head-to-head games, like Sharks, Dogs, they're both missing three or four. Broncos is probably the only one where it's blatant that they're missing six or seven to the Warriors one, but uh, pretty hard round to tip, but there's always upsets at this time, even though some of these results do look like they will go one way. This is where people... Uh, mate, he went clean sweep, same as us. South, Warriors, Sharks, Raiders, we all have the same. Let's give him the roosters. He's not here. Give him the roosters. <laughs> well, I, I was talking myself into it before we left the house, and then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to go with Canberra at Canberra. They're only missing Papali. Surely they turn up. But it really wouldn't surprise me if the roosters did him in uh, with the players yeah. they have. I think I said a couple of weeks ago when they played the Knights, I said they all, the Raiders always lose the games they're meant to win, so... A danger game. Yep, yet to see that spark this year. Will we see it this week? Who knows? Uh, the Warriors, can they let us down? They sure can, but hopefully they don't. Uh, we'll see what happens, but tips all the same. Thanks for your gossip, champion. Next week, look forward to talking in depth more State of Origin in the lead up to game one. Fingers crossed we can get the job done this year. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I've said on the podcast hundreds of times I'm not a big fan of uh, Rep Brown, but it's hard not to get absorbed into the origin. Um, obviously, proud New South Wales, and I hope they win. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you next week. No worries, champion. Enjoy your weekend. See you, buddy. Well, that wraps us up for another week here on the fifth and last NRL podcast. Thank you to everybody out there for your questions. Uh, If we've recorded before, you've put yours up. We always do our best on Twitter and on Facebook to answer them, and we will do so. Any feedback about the show, feel free to inbox. If you've got any questions just in general, happy to answer them as well. If you listen on iTunes, please rate and review the show. Help push us up there. Help boost our profile. Anything is much appreciated. Be as honest as you want, but please, iTunes takes two seconds. Give us a review. Give us a rating. It'll be much appreciated. Uh, And also a big thank you to our sponsor, williamhill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with williamhill.com. Absolutely fantastic. They've been with us the whole way. They help us with our charity bets this year, our charity. And just want to have a quick talk about that is the Great Walk Foundation. They do an absolutely outstanding job. It is their 10th year, and they're close to raising uh, $1 million. It's uh, a foundation in the greater community out in Penrith and the Blue Mountains, Hawkesbury side of region, and they help a number of local organisations. And Nepean Hospital Children's Ward, Great Community Transport, Penrith Community Kitchen, Springwood Hospital Aged Care, Riding for the Disabled, Life Start, St John's Ambulance, and um, they've almost raised close to a million dollars just for these local charities, just to help some people out. So if you want to support them, www.greatwalkfoundation.com au on twitter you can follow them at great underscore walk and that is gr number eight underscore walk and uh, they're also on facebook and mg's involved with that jonathan's uh jonathan green a great local around here and a lot of other guys just doing their bit for the community so um yeah they walk 170 kilometers i believe it is every year it's their 10th year and they're getting close to a million dollars raised so they are our charity this year for the podcast with william hill where our bets go towards them and obviously at the end of the year we come up with an amount and donate that to them and uh, they started their walk this week to raise those much needed funds so fingers crossed they can hit that million dollar mark and great work by all the guys there and uh, thank you to Boxhead who's obviously been able to, unable to finish the show with me here tonight but I couldn't do it without him and we couldn't do it without all you guys out there so looking forward to next week State of Origin it is on the cusp hopefully the shortened round and the effective games this weekend do dish up some good games fingers crossed it always hurts this time of year the shortened round I run out of things to do but let's hope decent quality games. And then Origin Preview next week in depth. We'll talk about the big clash before it happens at Suncorp Stadium. Thank you to everyone out there. Rate, review us on iTunes. Thank you, WilliamHill.com. And everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.